Blog Talk Radio. Meanwhile, Miami's coaches continue to wait 
for their own audience with Richt to discuss the future, and it is looking increasingly possible that some of them will be retained by the new coach. Offensive coordinator James Coley said after today's practice that he would welcome the opportunity to stay with the Hurricanes, even though that would mean no longer calling plays. Interim head coach Larry Scott, who worked with the tight ends before he became interim coach, said that he would be receptive to coaching a different position if that is what Rick desired. There has been the expectation that Georgia tight end coach John Lilly might join Rick in Miami, but Lilly will be calling the plays for Georgia when the Bulldogs play in the Tax Slayer Bowl on January 2nd, so no announcement appears imminent on that front. But the one thing that I think that you can deduce from all of this is that Mark Richt is very quickly impressing the people working inside that building. One coach described him to me as special. And the guys that have been in the program working under Al Golden, many of them would love to stay on under Mark Richt. Obviously, not all of them will get that opportunity. We'll wait and see what happens there. But without a doubt, we'll be talking about all of that and more tonight as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. And we once again welcome you to what tonight is going to be the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports because I know a lot of people want to watch the debate and are putting it on their TiVos and, and want to watch it live and things like that. So tonight, we're only going to do two hours in deference to the Republican presidential candidates who are debating this evening on CNN. As always, this is your show, and it will be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. As always, more than 100 open phone lines. Everybody, welcome to call in, listen on their phone if they're driving around. Uh, remember, if you want to participate in the show, you must hit the number one on your keypad, and that will give us the prompt that you want to come on. I know we've had a few guys posting on the message boards how hard they've been trying to get on the show, and they haven't been brought in. Uh, that's because you're not hitting the number one, and we're not getting the prompt from you that you would like to be part of the show. All right, as always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit the questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. I got an enormous number of responses requesting that we talk a lot about recruiting tonight. So let me go there first. And I'm going to preface this conversation by saying that recruiting, now that they've locked up the early enrollees, is a wide open canvas. You have Mark Rick coming in. He's going to make his own evaluations on all the recruits. He's going to have kids that he's been recruiting at Georgia that he likes that might have been coming to his camps. So there's going to be an incredible amount of movement and a lot of work ahead for us, to be honest, in, in the coming weeks to try to figure out where things are going, who's going to visit, and, and, and things like that. But I'll do my best right now to give you a synopsis of where things stand position by position. Beginning with the quarterbacks, you know that Jack Allison at a Palmetto, Florida high school over in the Tampa area is an early enrollee, rock solid. Visited last weekend, uh, you know, sealed up his commit. He'll be a Miami Hurricane. 
Now, there's a kid by the name of Augie DiBiase from the Jacksonville area. He went to Jacksonville Reigns, who is very good friends with Isaac Nada, who is the tight end recruit from IMG Academy over there in Bradenton that Miami is suddenly in the mix for. And DiBiase has an interest in coming to Miami. However, he's not a good enough quarterback to get a scholarship offer. So right now the Hurricanes are talking to him about possibly being a preferred walk-on, coming into the program as a walk-on. And I'm sure the hope there will, you know, you'll always take a good preferred walk-on, but the hope there is that he might help recruit tight end Isaac Nada, who I continue to hear is going to be a tough get for Miami and is still looking pretty solid to Georgia. But, uh, you know, certainly something worth monitoring when you're talking about the best tight end in in the country. Miami will be working incredibly hard to turn him here towards the Hurricanes. They were able to talk him into coming and making an unofficial visit on Friday. So Miami is in the mix for Isaac Nada. Just hard to predict that they're going to get him this late in the game. Uh, But we'll see what happens there. So that's the deal for the quarterback. Um, Let's look at the running back position. Miami's got a couple of standing commitments right now. From Jawan Hamilton, um, an underrated kid out of South Dade High School, uh, two stars by the rivals recruiting team. But when you turn on the tape and look at him, this is a kid that has skills. Not sure what his you know b- breakaway speed is or isn't. You know would have, would have to put a stopwatch on him. Um, but right now it's looking like Jawan Hamilton is a solid running back commitment for Miami, unless Mark Richt decides otherwise. Travis Homer from West Palm Beach Oxbridge Academy has been committed for weeks. He would fall in the same category, a little bit more highly regarded than Hamilton. Uh, we expect um, Rick to like Travis Homer for sure and decide to keep him in the class. But here's where things get tricky. There's a kid by the name of Devwa Whaley, who's from Beaumont, Texas Central High School, who was Georgia's running back commit. And you know Mark Rick's history recruiting running backs, okay? And when you watch this guy on tape, he he looks like he's got his game at another level than some of these other kids. And Whaley's going to probably visit Miami, and we think there's a really good chance that Mark Rick's able to turn him because he already landed him once at Georgia. So that is without question one to watch. And if Miami is able to get Whaley, how would that affect Homer, Hamilton, one or the other, both, you know, we don't, we don't know. And then we don't know who else might come into the mix here at running back. The one thing I will tell you about Mark Richt is he is exhausting every option right now. He, we observed him on the practice field today watching practice, and he had football ops guys at his side, and they were talking to recruits and potential recruits, uh, trying to line up official visits in January while – Mark Rick was standing out there watching the Hurricanes practice today. So there's a lot of effort going into recruiting by the new head coach, and that's why I tell you just about anything can happen. All right, the wide receivers, uh, Sam Bruce, obviously the one everyone loves to talk about from Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. There's no reason to believe that his commitment is not still solid. Um, Deontay Mullins from Gulliver, a guy that's been in the fold for a long, long time, uh, assuming he qualifies, he should be solid. And then the, the, the other two guys are Desmond Phillips from Miami Jackson and Reginald Henderson from Clewiston. Now, we think that this could be a little bit of a fluent situation, and here's why. There's a lot of good receivers out there that Miami is, is going to obviously 
be continuing to recruit here. Nate Craig Myers from the Tampa area. Um, Benjamin Victor from Broward County. Nate Johnson from Tennessee. Amon Richards from Palm Beach, who was committed to Miami, who we still think there's a great chance that he gets back in the fold and recommits to the Hurricanes. So, And then there'll be more. So Miami's not going to be able, obviously, to take every single one of these kids. And so we think that there could be some movement at the wide receiver position as recruiting marches forward. Tight end, we talked to you a moment ago about Isaac Nada, uh, best regarded universally, best tight end in the country. Uh, has not announced a commitment to anybody yet. First, people thought he was – well, he, he initially – was going to go to Florida State. Then he said he wasn't going to go to Florida State. And he's been staying open. He's supposed to announce at the Army All-American game in early January. Miami is now in a final six for him. He, people have been assuming he was going to go to Georgia. So we'll have to see what happens there with Isaac Nata as we go forward. Uh, there's a tight end at, at Tampa Berkeley by the name of Jacob Mathis that has shown interest in Miami. Uh, Evan Hinston out of Deltona was committed to Miami until yesterday. He's now opened up his recruitment, says he is still considering the Hurricanes. Um, so we'll just have to monitor what goes on there. Other guys, like we've said, at all positions could still emerge. Offensive line, totally unpredictable. Uh, Miami's recruiting Marcus Tatum out of Daytona Beach, Mainland, extremely hard. Very talented prospect, and, and Tatum would be a great get for this recruiting class. Um, however, from there, we think it's very likely that Mark Richt is going to want to recruit a, a, couple ta- a couple tackles. Miami needs help at the offensive tackle position. Uh, the problem is we don't know what to, how the numbers are going to work out, so this is just one we're going to have to watch. Uh, there's a kid by the name of Stuart Reese up in Fort Pierce that, that might – you know, factor into the equation, but uh, doesn't really talk much, so we don't really know. Um, there's a kid by the name of Solomon Kinley up in Jacksonville. Uh, he could factor in. And I think that all the offensive linemen out there around the country are, are, are also open season for Miami. And I expect that that's going to be a position that Mark Rick, as he evaluates the roster, comes to realize and decide, you know, we need to address this position a little bit. We're just not good enough right now at the offensive line spot. Probably the same deal at the defensive line spot. My guess is when he turned on the projector and looked at what was going on there, that he was not overwhelmed. Um, Commitment came in yesterday from Patrick Bethel from Vero Beach, and he's a kid. uh, Yeah, he's a legacy, and yeah, he figured for Miami all along, but when you turn on his senior tape and take a look at at how he's played this year, uh, I mean, he he was a well-regarded prospect as a junior. He's taken a big step forward, in my opinion, as a senior, and I like what I see out of Patrick Bethel. Um, Jaquan Nelson out of Fort Lauderdale is another commitment. Uh, not really sure where that one will stand or not stand with Mark Rick. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Joseph Jackson from Gulliver should be rock solid and be part of this class. And then you got to watch Josh Uche at Miami Columbus. Uh, I think he was harboring thoughts of going to Alabama, just not sure Alabama's going to have a spot for him. So he could come back into the Miami fold as well. And then from there, it's a blank canvas with so many uh, kids around the country. Uh, Glenn Logan, 
who's an LSU commit, who has said he'll visit Miami, is certainly one to watch. And then kids that were committed to Georgia, like Julian Rochester from Powder Springs, Georgia. Uh, not really sure uh, how he feels. He, We've been trying to call him all week. He has not been responding. Um, but he's one that was in the Georgia fold under Mark Richt. Uh, another guy to keep an eye on is Shavar Manuel from Bradenton IMG. Jordan Woods from Ocala Trinity Catholic. He'll visit Miami and has Miami in the top four. Uh, so defensive line position seems pretty wide open to us once you get past a couple kids committed. And again, you know, Mark Richt always holds the option of saying, I don't want that guy. So we'll see how it goes. Linebackers, Miami's in great shape. They got the three early enrollee commits, Zach McLeod, Mike Pinckney, and Shaq Quarterman. Uh, McLeod and Quarterman are guys that, potentially could help right away as freshmen, in our opinion. Uh, Pinckney, we think, will need a little bit more work, but also is, is a very good prospect. Uh, from there, not really sure. I mean, uh, Devin Bush is still on the board from Pembroke Pines Flanagan, but but we don't we don't expect him to come to Miami. Uh, there's a kid from Fort Pierce, John Carroll, who by the name of Brock Miller. Uh, he's committed to NC State. Uh, there's a North Carolina commit, Dominique Ross from Jacksonville, um, we think he's one to watch. And then there's a kid out of Dallas by the name of Marvin Terry. I'd keep an eye on him as well. If Miami shows interest in him, he will visit. Okay, defensive backs, a place where Miami needs more help, in my opinion, than what they have right now. Uh, Tyler Bird from Naples seems pretty solid. Uh, commitments also from James Wiggins of South Dade, Cedric Wright from Gulliver. And then Deion Jackson, who was at Hallandale and has now moved out of town somewhere and um, not really sure where he's landed and whether he'll continue to be in this class. We'll have to see. But the guy to really keep an eye on is from Georgia. And his name is McCole Hardman. He's a five-star athlete, can play either offense or defense. He's a kid that has already visited Miami when Al Golden was head coach. He was here for the Nebraska game. Um uh, was believed to really love Miami back then with Mark Richt, the coach from Georgia coming in. He's from Georgia. Obviously he's been around the Georgia program quite a bit. So he knows Mark Richt. We would think that there's a great chance that McCall Hardman ends up a Miami hurricane. You'll keep an eye on that one. And then another Georgia commit who has decommitted, um, is a kid by the name of Malik Young from Coconut Creek high in Broward County. He's going to visit Miami next month. We think there's a great chance that he ends up in this class. Um, Jamel Cook, the lanky safety from Miami Central High, he's committed to FSU, but he does plan to visit Miami. you got to keep an eye on him. Um, and then some other kids just to keep an eye on. Um, Shyheim Carter from Kentwood, Louisiana. Jeff James from Orlando Olympia. He's Edrian James's nephew. We'll see if, if he gets into the mix. Um, Trayvon Mullen from Coconut Creek. Miami has not been in his top group. We don't know if that'll change with Mark Rick now as coach. And then a kid out of uh, Dade City who's a Florida commit by the name of Javon Myers. Uh, he may visit Miami as well. And the only special teams guy we're really keeping an eye on is Eddie Pinero. Um, he was in an Alabama commit. He decommitted from Bama. We think that the purpose of that decommit to commit to Florida, he called us about 20 minutes ago, said he's going to be announcing tonight or about right now um but we think he's going to florida and not miami we'll, we'll see uh we'll see what happens there so there's um just a quick rundown 
on where things stand in recruiting to the best that we can give it to you right now. Like like I said, there's going to be a lot changing here over the next um, six, seven weeks as, as we move forward in recruiting and towards signing day. So the next question, do the Canes have a chance to get into the top 10 in recruiting? And that's an interesting one, and it's, it's really tough to predict. You'll remember Miami was once number one in the 2016 team recruiting rankings. And we said back then that it was an artificial number one because the reason was because they had so many early commitments in relation to the other schools around the country. Well, now the other schools around the country have caught up in terms of numbers of commitments. Miami's lost some players. So the Hurricanes right now are presently sitting at number 19 in the recruiting rankings. And the question is, can they move up to number 10? They can, but they're going to need some four-star kids to commit to do it. And uh, so, you know, obviously a five-star kid like Isaac Nada would help enormously. Uh, But right now, you'd have to think it's a little bit of a long shot that Miami ends up in the top 10. Uh, They would have to really finish with a flurry. What are the realistic chances of flipping Jamel Cook? On him, we think they're pretty average. Same question about Amon Richards in Palm Beach. We think they're pretty good with Amon Richards. In fact, if we had to make a bet right now, it would be that Amon Richards will be part of this recruiting class when we get to February. And then the last question that came in, isn't it a little odd that almost two weeks in, Mark Richt has not made any moves with regards to assistant coaches. Other schools are making hires. He has made no moves. And I wouldn't say it's odd. I mean, everyone has their own way of doing things. I think he's surveying the landscape. Maybe he's looking at guys in the National Football League. Maybe he's looking at college coaches that are involved in bowl games right now and involved in playoffs and things like that. And he's willing to wait. And uh, no harm in that whatsoever. It looks like he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting and recruiting right now himself. He has the time. He's not coaching the bowl game. Uh, So I don't think that there's anything really much to worry about on that front. All right, as always, the call-in number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We're going to go to 10 o'clock tonight, and let's begin right now in the 845, where you're now live on Team Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, Gary, how you doing? Greg. What's up, Greg? Welcome back. Okay. Uh, my first uh, point I want to discuss is about the coaching staff. How about this for an idea? Um, keep Coley as the offensive coordinator. Move Larry Scott to uh, offensive line coach where he's coached in the past. Uh, keep uh, Kevin beard and bring this guy Lily in and uh, I think that's a pretty good offensive staff there and put RTO in the uh, operations department somewhere so you don't have to fire him so based on your plan you're not retaining Ice Harris oh okay I forgot yeah no keep Ice Harris well you can't keep everybody you can't keep everybody well, we're not. So, keep, we're getting rid of Art Keo, and you're bringing in Willie as a okay. replacement. All right. Well, we'll see. I don't know that he'll keep that many guys, 
but I do think that a few of those guys on offense will stick on the staff. I think Larry Scott and James Coley are the are the top candidates. I think um, now that McClendon from Georgia, the receivers coach up there, is is not likely to come to Miami. I think that increases Kevin Beard's chances of of sticking uh, in the program. So we'll just have to see what happens. You know, I mean, Mark Rick's out there watching practice and he's formulating his opinion. So we shall okay. Think. Let's get to the recruiting now. Don't you see? Think it's a little odd that two tight ends decommitted within two days. Do you think they have an eye, including Nada's teammate at IMG? Do you, do you think there's any chance they know he's going to commit here? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean he hasn't said anything, so 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 we don't know. I mean it, 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 it's certainly possible that they believe that. It's certainly possible that he's told them that, but I'm not sure that I would make that deduction based on their decommitments. They're also okay, looking at what's no. on the roster, I mean, to be honest. I mean, if you watch Herndon and Njoko this play this year, I mean, you, you've got Njoku with three years left. You've got Herndon with, with two years left. You know, it, it's a little bit of a crowded situation. Plus, you have Jerome Washington there as well. So uh, it, it's a little bit of a crowded situation at tight end right now for Miami. And that might have something to do with it also. Uh, all right. Uh, now, can you explain to me how Mullins is going to get into Miami if he couldn't even – they didn't let him play all year due to academic problems? How is that – how do you think that's going to work? It might not. You know, I mean, and, and you're yeah, – I don't suppos- think it is. Well, your supposition is certainly not baseless, but the bottom line is that – They've also been working very hard with him to get his grades up and improve his academic standing. That's what they're all about over there at Gulliver. So I, I have been told that, that, that Miami expects him to qualify by August. So we'll see what happens. All right, one last thing. Uh, I have – these are the six – we have 18 commits at this point. I'm predicting six of them will not be in the class. Nelson, Jackson – Phillips, uh, the receiver from Cluiston, Hamilton, and Mullins. I say those six will be gone, and then we can bring in ten other players. That's my prediction. Not a terrible prediction. I wouldn't be shocked if some of those guys were not in the class six weeks. Because we already, I, I wrote down a list of these decommits we have in this class. It's quite an extensive list. Well, and, that's, uh, because they, that's because Golden was taking commits from everybody. Right. You know, I mean, he was well, just I taking commits. I wish we could get this guy Chauncey Gardner back. He was a good one that got away. But, I mean, you know, it, all those commits that is part of the PR campaign to keep his job, you know. Get everybody excited well, about the you know the number one recruiting class, the number one recruiting class. Well, you notice how fast the number one recruiting class dropped down to the number nineteen recruiting class, and that's because that they weren't they 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 have not over the last four years been recruiting at the upper tier of the talent base around the country. And you got to hope now with Mark Rick coming in and all that excitement that they'll be able to take the quality players that they do have, and there are several quality players including the five early enrollees, I think are extremely good players uh, in this class, and they'll be able to build off of that. 
Well, are we working on any JUCO players? Because we could certainly use some help on the D line and the O line. You know of any uh, JUCOs that we're looking at? We don't know of any right now. Okay, but I will say this: this is all Mark Rick's been doing in the last week, and 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 there's a chance that he has reached out to some of those channels for some JUCOs that we just don't know about yet. Because you know, I mean, it's it's not like he's calling us and giving us bulletins. I mean, we go, you know, we we've, we've got a lot of homework that's involved in this stuff that we've got to do. And to this point, we have not found any JUCOs that are coming to visit. All right, Gary. Thank you for having me on. All right, Craig. Thanks for getting us uh, started in style tonight. Let's go out to the four hundred four now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Hello. Gary, how you, you doing, man? Yes, sir. Who's this? It's Roland, man. Hey, Roland. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm not going to hold you up. Got a quick question, man. Uh, that gentleman was speaking about the, uh, the defensive line. I'm just trying to see if any, any, any prospects as far as D-line is concerned, because we need definitely D-line help. The ones that we know about right now are the ones I mentioned a few minutes ago at the start of the show. You know, I, I mean, I, I think you got to keep an eye on Glenn Logan, who's a pretty darn good defensive tackle. He's committed to LSU, but he is going to visit, which means that you got a shot there. Uh, but I think that there's going to be other guys emerge. You know, can, can Mark Rick convince Julian Rochester to consider Miami now? You know, we don't know that yet, but that's definitely something to monitor, you know. And I think there'll be other guys. Without question, there's going to be other guys at that position. Because when he sits down to watch the film – I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious the positions where Miami is just ridiculously average right now, and it's at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, without a doubt. Uh, I think linebacker would qualify, but they've addressed that with these early entry kids. They got three really good young linebackers that they're bringing into the program. So, you know, as he does that, and as he gets a feel for what's on the roster. And then what's in the recruiting class? I think you're going to see things expand from there. And like I said, you know, we were watching him today on the practice field, and he's—I mean—they're just—he's just sitting there talking to recruits the whole, hey, you know, the whole time, you know, trying to line up kids for, for visits. So, uh, I think it's an open canvas. It really is, and I think you're going to see yeah. a lot of different things develop in the next six, seven weeks. Yeah, and I think that the three-man coach is what, well. Well, I just you know the after after is going to be going, and Paul Williams is going to be going, and uh, what about Hurley Brown? You think he'll retain him? Or he I think he's got a shot. Yeah. I think Hurley has a shot to stick, depending on who the coordinator ends up being. Okay, and then D line definitely a new coach on D line. I know that. I'm pretty sure that Melvin. Yeah, what's I, the guy's name? Randy uh, Melvin. I I think that's a pretty yeah. good assumption. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. What about uh, strength and conditioning? Don't know. Don't know. Sorry, I will tell you this, man. Andrew Swayze. Everyone debates him, but he's he's got a lot of a lot of support amongst the players on the team and amongst the alumni. Yeah. Now, yeah definitely. What other definitely. strength coaches Mark Rick's got in his pipeline? You know, we'll see. I I mean, from what I've been told by people, it, it's not like they were setting the world on fire in that de- in that department at Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people that played Georgia who I've spoken to told me that 
that their strength and toughness was not overwhelming. So I don't know if he's looking to bring somebody from Georgia. I don't know if he's got somebody on the outside he's looking to bring in or if he's just going to ride with Swayze. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Again, you do a great job. I'm just keeping a hope. Got it rolling. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, a few minutes ago when I talked about the special teams and kickers, I mentioned Eddie Panero. He's one of the top kickers in the country. He's from the Miami area. Uh, he now has officially been stolen away from Alabama and has now committed to the Florida Gators. And uh, Miami recruited him very hard. They they took their shot. He was on campus a, a great number of times. But my guess is with Badgley doing so well this year and looking like he's solid for the next couple of years, um, Eddie Pinero decided, let me go up to Gainesville where I can walk in next year and and be the kicker. And uh, he announced just now that he's going to Florida. Why he called us a half hour ago and asked us to come see him at a restaurant in South Dade for his announcement, I have no idea. But we pretty much knew he wasn't going to Miami, so we're not there. All right, let's go to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing tonight, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? This is Travis up here in Tallahassee. What's up, Travis? Um, one of the questions I, I wanted to run with, uh, you had the, the uh, Palm Beach article earlier about the graduation ceremony and the um, five underclassmen that were that did a walk or whatever. Um, what was it? Hamilton, or, uh, yeah, Jelani Hamilton and Jake O'Donnell. Are they uh, no longer a part of the program, or what's going on with that? Don't know. We don't know where any of those guys stand. Okay, okay. Cause but, they you know, seem some logical them, to move on. Some of them are going to be asked to move on. I mean, they need spots. And and kids that are kids that are not playing and not contributing to the team that have had their four years are probably not going to be asked to remain. Right. I mean, it was like we've said all year long, we had a bunch of Jags on this team. Earl Moore, yeah. all those guys that yeah. were part of that. Yes. Um. And they need Another to, thing, and, and and if this program's going to turn around, they need those spots, and they need to replace them with quality players. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we do have some good players, but I mean, depth wise, definitely not. Um, last week, after we were talking that Bethel would most likely uh, commit and everything like that, I remember going on the, to the uh, rival site and checking him out, and it, he was a four star at that time. And then it seemed like almost immediately when he committed to us, he was a three star. Do you know, do you know what happened there? No, because I was looking but at I know, it last I, but week. Because I, I was looking it up. It, yeah, it wasn't yesterday, but last week, right after the show, I'm pretty sure he was a, a four star with them. I don't know if they dropped him or what was oh, going on there. And I'll text. I'm going to text Mike Farrell right now. He's the next. Uh, Asking why McLeod's not a four star. We all know he's better than most of those guys they have above him. And I'm going <laughs> to um, while you're at it. I'll ask him about uh, Patrick Bethel's uh, star ranking. And why and why it dropped? Okay. Um, the other one that uh, I, the two recruits that I, I've been hearing a lot about, and especially one has high um, interest in uh, Miami, and maybe you know something we don't, but the, you know, like you said, it's wide open. Um, the Keir Thomas kid that was recently committed to FSU. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think there's any chance there? Because I know we offered him after. Golden was fired, but I've also heard that we've kind of slowed on him since Rick. Yeah, right. Over. Right now, he's not at, at the forefront. We don't believe 
we have no evidence that he is. All right, all right. And the other now, shit I wanted again, to ask about that could change. I, I I'll say anything can change. Well, I think a, a Jackson uh, Thomas and uh, Bethel is a solid defensive end class, and if you get manage to get a Logan or the Rochester kid or at least one four star defensive tackle in on that, I mean that's a pretty solid D line class for him just taking over. I'd, I'd be satisfied with that because really I think Coach Rick's impact. We're all hoping for the stars and these five star players this year. It's going to be next year. You know, that's when you're really going to see his impact. Yeah, but no, but no, you can't take that attitude. You cannot, absolutely not, man. I mean, you've got time here. You've got the whole month of January. You've got three visit weekends. There's enough time to to, to get in the mix for kids. You absolutely cannot take the attitude that you're writing off this recruiting class. The Miami Not writing it off, but... Well, the Miami definitely program, not writing yeah. it off. I think he can close strong with a couple kids, like you were saying with Richards, and I think Whaley definitely comes here. And we lose Jawan Hamilton because of that. You know, I mean, I think those are solid kids, and we could make a solid impact. But I mean, Absolutely. the whole we're going to get like all these five stars, and no. we're going to get Jacob Eason, and we're going to get Nata, and all these other players. Like, all right, people, the, you need to slow your roll it, a little it, bit. Yeah, you know? it's not going to be the number one class in the country this year. No. Yeah. But you'd like to get uh, closer only, to the top ten, I think, if you're Mark Richt. Yeah, and I think that's totally feasible. I mean, with the amount of players that we're in on with the, the Nate Craig Myers and the Victors and all that, I mean, if you do pull a surprise with Isaac, I mean, wow, that would be something else. Um, also, I've read something about uh, Mullen saying that he, he he fully expects to qualify. His parents were saying that in some article that I was reading the other day. Yeah. Um, that he had pulled that, his grades that, up that, or something that's like what that. That's heard. Yeah, so that that's great because you know, really, I actually really like that kid. It would be a, it would be a damn shame if he didn't make it into this class. Um, my only other question to you is because I read on your site, I'm not a paying member, you know, I'm just a poor little college kid that can't afford it. But uh, I read the highlights of your site and everything like that just to try and get any kind of information that I can. And Where do you, go to you were saying early. Uh, TCC. I'm up here in Tallahassee, so it's just a community college. I, I don't even go to FSU. Or like, do, like do, that. do 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 me a favor. Email me at canesport at bellsouth.net. If you're enough of a fan to take the time to listen to this show on Tuesday night, I'm enough of a fan of you to try to help you out a little bit. So just um, e- e- email me at canesport at bellsouth.net, and we'll see if there's something we could do to help you out while you're still in school. Oh wow, man! That, that that'd be tremendous, dude. Thank you so much. Kane's board no at Bell South. At Bell South. Sorry, sorry about that. Anyways, sorry about that. So go ahead. Um, yeah. So what I was reading, because you know, you can get your your uh, first post or whatever, is that McClendon is looking like he would take the uh, South Carolina job for Muschamp. And I'm that's, just trying to that, figure out the reasoning for that because that guy has well, one of the stalest offenses in the in the whole yeah, country. You know, I you got to you got to understand something. These are coaches that have been living in Athens, Georgia. It's a whole different world and lifestyle than what Miami, Miami, Florida is. You know, that's number one. And then number two, you know, how do they feel? Do they want to stay with Mark Richt? You know, what what kind of offer are they getting from South Carolina? And what do their wives think? What are their kid? You know, what kind of what kind of environment do they want their kids to grow up in a lot of people are scared to bring their kids to Miami let's be honest I mean you know it's not all justified and Miami is not the war zone or whatever that some people perceive it to be we know that but you know these aren't coaches that are going to put their kids in private schools and things like that you know so um, there's a lot of considerations that come into play a lot of times the wives have a huge say 
And if you've been living in Athens, Georgia, and you've been happy, you might feel a lot more comfortable moving to Columbia, South Carolina, or a college town like that than you feel moving to the big city of Miami. And I totally agree with you. The one thing I could say to that, though, is if you want to advance your career at all and not be just a wide receivers coach or maybe a co-offensive coordinator or something like that, you got to take the risk. you got to come to the big city where you have the fertile recruiting ground, where you have more of a chance to succeed. Because, I mean, let's be honest with, uh, you know, South Carolina, they have uh, an upper limit of maybe – nine, ten wins, it's like the, they're never going to compete for national championships. You can't do it with Spurrier. You're not going to do it with Muschamp, that's for sure. I mean, he couldn't pull it off at Florida. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't understand yeah. that hire at all. I mean, how does an SEC school hire a coach that was just fired in disgrace by another SEC school that's a better job, that is better positioned to compete and – and had be a quality program. I mean, you saw what McIlvain did his first year there with a yeah. roster that's not even great. How does South Carolina hire this guy? I don't understand these athletic directors. These guys make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, while you know, you know, the the rest of us are sitting here, you know, plugging along, and you know, you're a college kid trying to find your place in this world or whatever. These guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and making just horrible decisions. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. And I heard that that was after uh, Rich Rodriguez had turned him down for the job. So that was like the whole consolation prize on top of that. <laughs> Here you go. Here's my chance. Good luck. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to hold you up tonight. Thank you so much for having me on, and, and I'll definitely uh, be in touch with you, Gary. Thank you. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Awesome. All right, 646-595-2048, 646 595 2048. Let's go out to the 757. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Who's this? Oh, man, forget this, man. You can't give remember Kane Kane. Something wrong with you, man. <laughs> Kane, 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 the number I'm one, just man. giving you a hard time, Kane Kane. Oh, I recognize you. I ain't got a whole lot to say. I want to give a shout out to B Black, the Ookie Ookie who hit me up today on the phone, the Stalinger, the Birdman, and all them great plagues. Uh, honey V, all of them. But, uh, hey, man, I'm just ready for a new season, ready to get this bowl game started. I told you, ain't nothing to talk about. Mark Rich, the coach, let it be. Let him do his thing. I don't know who he's going to keep. I don't think he's going to keep. We know he ain't keeping Coach D, so we ain't got that to worry about. On offense, do what you do. I read today where um, he told the players that they could come in there and um, sign a paper, and, you know, they, he could talk with each individual player. I hope everybody I, I, I thought, I, listen, I, I thought it was a great idea, Kane Kane, that he's going to meet with all But I mean, how are you going to have a meeting in five minutes? There's no way those are going to be five-minute meetings. Ain't no way. All them damn players, shit, you ain't never lied. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, oh, they'll be sitting there at three in the morning trying to get all those meetings in. That's it. You know, he gave him under a I guess he want to hear what the gripes are, what the gripes saying, and what you like about the program, what you don't like about the program, what you think we might need to do. And, you know, I'm going to give Chick some props. Maybe we have been on our slaves because Chick said it wasn't slaves. It was golden. And I got a truth because when I seen the picture of him in Pittsburgh uniform, my God, he got small as a champ compared to when he was at Miami. So maybe it ain't slaves, but then again, it could be. But who's to say? What's going to happen? All I can say is go out there, beat Washington. If you don't, I ain't mad. And one more thing before I get off this phone, because I'm real powerful, man. I ain't got time because I'm at work. I ain't even supposed to be on the phone. Don't tell nobody. Them damn around the Dolphins, I'm sick of them. They don't run Lamar Miller enough. 
He went the ball six carries, eight carries in the first half for 68 yards. Second half, you only give him four carries? No wonder we lost the damn game. They don't run the man. He can't be a dominating back with only 12 carries a game. Tannehill what a, is God. All I got to say about that is what a poorly, poorly coached football team that's been. Oh, my God. Poorly coached. And it, it starts with the ownership. Ross, like somebody said, he needs to get off the backside and let somebody really run this program so we can come back. Because they don't do that. Tannehill, they wasted the money. They played wrong. That, his agent was a mastermind last year getting him to sign that contract. Tannehill is garbage. He gets one good play, and he has Andrew wide open. And he can't even connect. He can't connect. But whatever, man. Hey, everybody get ready for the bowl game. Merry Christmas. And all that good stuff, and I'll holler at you later because I got that joke. Peace. Get me on hold. Good All right. Thank you, Kane Kane, as always. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 951. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on? I was just listening. I didn't mean to hit one. Oh, you didn't mean to hit one? All right. We'll, we'll move on. We'll put yeah, you back on hold. Let's go. Wait, were you trying to say something here? I'll come back to you. Were you trying to say no. something? Oh, no. I was just saying, I just want to listen, though. I, I oh, okay. Know. All right, you're back on hold. Let's go to the 754. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, that's that's good. That's good. You know, you know, Gary, this this whole thing with recruiting, I, I, I feel like you feel. Uh, you t- The other caller was talking about uh, it, you know, like almost like not not throw in the towel, but Gary, it's still a lot of time. Uh, things can happen. Musical chairs. These coaches play uh, musical chairs, and and you know something, Gary. I I heard Channing Crowder said something that I agree with him. He said he know Nick Saban, and he believe it. say if say if Alabama win this thing again, and uh, uh, Nick Saban. Get offered by the Indianapolis coach, Gary. Can you imagine what the 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 uh, the, the domino effect that would be if he leaves Alabama? No doubt. I mean, that leaves recruits scattered. That leaves coaches scattered. I mean, it'll start. You know, all of what you who you think you couldn't get can end up falling in your lap, just like our coach fell in our lap. You know, so uh, it's enough time also just to do the hard recruiting. You got to let. He 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 got his focus. If, uh, to me, uh, you can't help but admire that because uh, he went after early enrollees. And uh, Gary, I'm not caught up in all these stars and stuff. I know that some of these kids are just just talent. If you if you're basically recruiting the kids from around here, Gary, you you're getting some decent talent. So uh, that right there, that that don't the stars part as far as what Randy Bethel got and Zach McLeod got. These guys are good players. I mean that's that's all I believe they're gonna be very good players when they get here. Maybe you know, but get the, the thing I wanna see us do is get back to red shirting these guys that, you know, some of them have to play right away if like if they come in spring and and they they they're able to mature enough to come into the fall and with that momentum they of developing their bodies that they possibly can play as true freshmen. That's cool, but I'm just saying this, Gary. I, in all, in a perfect world, you want to see more red shirts where you really see us get back to what we once were, Gary. When when a freshman, a true freshman, didn't even sniff the field, and when unless he was a Kellen Winslow or 
a Frank Core or 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 Antero Roll or you know or, or Sean Taylor, a tremendous player, you know. But that hopefully this is what where, where we're heading, yet. And I feel like with Mark Rick, he knows what he's doing. So. And I think we're going to end up being surprised. I believe we're going to be in the top ten, Jerry Rensall said, and done on the first Wednesday or after the first Wednesday of uh, February. Well, I mean, there's no question that there's plenty. There is time. I, I mean, I, the the one that comes to mind just from last year is Lawrence Cager, uh, the receiver who we all know is yeah. a really good prospect. Really good prospect. They, he wasn't even on the radar until the the, the second week of, of January, in terms yeah. of Miami stuff. So, so yeah, things can happen fast here in, in down the stretch, and especially when there's a coaching change. So I think it's I think it's it's open season. Well, what do you think about Kerr Thomas uh, of uh, Central High School, uh, Gary? Have I, I have no idea what the 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 feeling on him right now is. So so I can't make a prediction there. I mean, he's not somebody that we've had as likely to be in this class prior to the coaching change. Could that change? Absolutely. They're, they're, Gary, I, won't I, say, I won't say no to anything right now. I see, I've seen him play, Gary. and he, he was impressed. Gary, he is tough against the run. Big kid uh, on the defensive end uh, about uh, – he looked, he looked taller than 6'1", 6'2". And they say he was committed to Florida State and decommitted. And uh, – Gary, I think he's somebody that – it's just some guys, they just got it, Gary. They could play, and I believe this is what this kid got. He can play. I've seen him a couple of times this year. He, the problem is he you can can't really take, play. You, you can't take everybody. Okay, yeah. you, you, can't, you yeah. can't take every defensive end in the southern part of the state of Florida. I mean, they've, they've taken right. a commitment from Joe Jackson. They've taken a commitment mm-hmm. now from Patrick Bethel. They've taken a commitment okay. from Jaquan Nelson. They had a commitment from Josh Uche. That I'm sure they're trying mm-hmm. to get back. So mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you just you can't take every single player. You have to make choices. You're right. You're right. You're right. But, but Gary, now let's move to to the area where my concern is same as, as yours is our DBs. We 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 really need to get some DBs here, man. Guys who can, you know, if you know, if they can be impact players for a five star or what, you know, the kid Nicole Hardeman. I I hope he can. We could flip this kid, uh, uh, you know, uh, Malik Young, uh, the other defensive back, Mullen, you were talking about. We really need to get a strong class out of this uh, defensive back because uh, we don't know what Antrell, I mean, uh, what is it, Ollie Burns going to do. We don't know what he's going to do. So, uh, yeah, Gary, totally, I'm, just, I'm looking for- Totally 100% agree with you. Yeah, I I, yeah, because, I I think they can do better than where they are right now at defensive back, and I I, yeah, I think yeah. that that's an area that, that that they need to focus on as well. well. Well, Gary, the thing before I go is handled right. Like, say for instance, a two-star kid when you ready to part ways with him, help him, you know, call another coach that could possibly uh, take him, or just tell him basically you could, you, you know if somebody else come along. Or I guess it's it's a way of handling that, and I, I hope it's it's handled. You know, accordingly, where you know you don't want bad blood to get riffled up among yeah, well, these coaches around here and everything. You're absolutely and right, and, and and that's the kind of stuff that can be going on right now, to where that kid yeah. has a month to go out, take some visits. You know, maybe it's FIU or FAU. I mean, if yeah. Miami would take him, trust me, he's good enough to play for FIU or FAU. So it's not like he's going to be without a place to play. So right, you know, now's the time for if that's going to happen for that to take place. 
I have to believe that Mark Richt has watched film on every single guy on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so Gary, when, uh, are you going to close shut it down, or, or are you going to do a few basketball shows, or what, what you going? What's the future for Kane's well, sport? We're, 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 we'll certainly keep keep the show going through signing day. Uh, you know, I, okay. I think it might, it might be difficult to carry an entire show on basketball okay. until it gets deeper into the season. You know, when we start okay. getting around March March Madness, ACC tournament, maybe, right. you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I understand that how much this show means to everybody. I mean, we, we have thousands of people around the country listening every Tuesday night. And when we have stuff to talk about, I promise you we'll have shows. Well, Gary, it's greatly appreciated, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I mean, like I told you before, me and my brother, we used to – you used to run over there to Cooper City where you was one time, and uh, we see you at the games here and there. But next time, just got to make myself uh, formally introduced to you and, and known. I'm looking forward to that opportunity. All right, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it, too. Please make sure you do that. All right. Thank- put me on hold, Gary, and I'll speak with you later on. If I don't get a chance to speak again, you have a merry, Gary, you and your family. You, you too. Thank you, man. All right. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's going on? Who's this? Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hello? You there? Where'd you leave us? Yeah. Okay, Hold talk. On. Who's this? It's Fred. I'm calling first time call. All right, what's up, Freddie? Hey, welcome, welcome to the show. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta I break. Just, uh, in. We, hey, we gotta break you in here. When I, when, when, when I give you the floor, man, you got, you gotta like storm through the door. <laughs> like, hey, my man, man this, I had my, uh, this, yeah, this, I had, this no, Freddie, I had my uh, this, this from on. Miami, and you know, I'm ready to rock and roll. So go ahead, you, you well, got the floor. Well, give it I'm to from it. Down, I just got a Miami. Now. I'm from, uh, I'm from a uh, little down, almost a little bit where uh, Reginald Henderson from. From the Bell, oh, okay. Florida. All I right, you heard of it? But I just hit one. I've been listening to you for about two years. I um, I think I was looking on Miami Hurricane recruiting, and I seen your little thing. So I don't know. I just hit the one tonight. I I don't normally get on, so I ain't really have too much of nothing. You kind of discussed everything. I just want to talk about a little coaching. Kind of hit on recruiting. That was pretty much like it, but I like I be like listening to D Black. I mean, you on point with your um revelation and just so forth as far as what you um present with the Kane's information, keeping us updated. But I ain't really have too much tonight. I had hit the one button. I meant to take it off because you kind of discussed all the coaching information. So you all right, man. Well, you know, it, it, it was nice saying hello to you. And um, okay, hit the. Hit the number one button again sometime. Okay, I got you. I listen to you every Tuesday. Every time you come on, or uh, you know, I know it's gonna be on. I check Kane Sport and see some. I, I listen, and I'm right, trying man. to get you some subscribers and stuff. But you know, people say they're gonna do it and don't. <laughs> All right, we'll keep plugging away at them. We, we all right. We, we, okay. We, gotcha. we we want we want everybody in the fold so we can keep doing more and more, hire more people. We'd love to do all that stuff. So. Anyway, thank you. you for all your support. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, let's go to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. What's up, man? It's Uki08. Hey, what's up, Uki? How you doing this week? I'm all right, man. Can't complain. Yo, um, I want to talk a little bit about staff, you know. Um, 
I'm I'm a little concerned, and then you know I understand you know Rick's done this before. This ain't nothing new to him. But this is my only my my concern is, and it's about retaining people from from the previous regime, and and I don't understand like a lot of the fans' uh, reasoning of wanting to keep some of these guys. I'm just I'm just gonna be honest with you, Gary. I'm just not impressed by anybody that Al Golden brought on at all. Kevin Beard, Larry Scott. Ice Harris. I'm not impressed about none of those guys, and I don't see why anybody anybody else is impressed with them. It's not like people are coming to pluck them away from us. They're standing here begging to stay on staff because they have nowhere else to go. I think Larry so Scott. Thing, I mean, let's, let's well, I mean, take him like, one by one. I think you can make a pretty I mean, strong case, for Larry Scott, when he was a position well, coach. Well, I'm gonna tell you. Wait, give me a minute. I'll tell you. When he was a position coach, every single player at his his position was producing and getting better. Okay, that's number one. As an interim head coach, he's been phenomenal. I mean, he kept the kids together. No, he hasn't. Kept... Gary. Who has he beaten? He got killed by North Carolina. Okay. That's the deep, that's the deep, that's the best team I understand. He's played. He's I'm, I'm not saying he should be the head coach. <laughs> okay? No, I'm but saying I'm he did, don't, I'm I don't, saying I, he did no, I knew, I knew but I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring that up because they haven't played anybody other than North Carolina, and they got killed. So my my whole thing is to me, Gary. I just don't. I'm not hey, a not, you pay. But Uki, listen, listen, listen. You're not talking about making him the head coach. You're not talking about making him a coordinator. Okay, I understand you, that, Gary. You know, you, you're talking about him as a candidate as a position coach. Yes, exactly. But my whole and, thing and is, and as this, a position Gary, coach, he was phenomenal. Well, I don't see the phenomenalness of Larry Scott. Excuse me if you I don't, don't like, see that. You didn't like what? the development of David Njoku this year? Ah, no, I mean, they was uh, tight ends and all of that. They was like, all right. They was like all right. What you they saw was all right, Gary. Mr. Her- Gary oh, you didn't Gary. like what you saw of they- Mr. Herndon's son? Yeah, it was all right, Chris Gary. Herndon? It was all right. Gary, just let me say this, Gary. Okay? I just, you, you spoke about this even on the board, about expectations instead of setting the ball high. I think Kane's have been – Kane's fans have been so used to uh, mediocrity for the past 10 years, they forgot what player development actually looks like. You know, players actually evolving. And I haven't seen the, that in so, so long from tight ends, DBs, D tackles, quarterbacks, however you want to talk about. So my whole, my whole thing is this, you know, like if we pay, did we pay, if we were supposed to be upgrading our coaching staff from the head coach on down, did we just pay Mark Rick $4 million? And we about to go and stay with the same staff before, or be mediocre staff wise again? Because that's what it seems like. Now I'm not saying Rick should be. He hasn't hired one inter- coach yet. Let's have this exactly. conversation when. Let's have the conversation but, when he tells you who he's hiring. But Gary, like exactly, he could be hiring somebody for the league, and we don't know that. But in all, you said a lot of you expect a lot of guys to be retained from this staff, and my whole point is why. You know what I'm say saying? Say a lot. I to- said some. I didn't say a lot. I said some. I think Gary, of the nine. Whole, I think of the nine coaches on staff that three or four of them will will be retain will be retentions. Yeah. Now is that a lot? I guess I guess that's how you whether how you define a lot. Is, exactly. So that means Ice Harris is coming back for what? I just want to know for what. My whole thing is Gary. Like you know. I'm not convinced that Miami is trying to be Miami again until Miami shows me that it's trying to be Miami again, period. Okay? Yeah, you when they got Mark, Mike, Mark Rick and you got the fan base a little itty-bitty society or whatever, going forward and who they bring on and how next season goes forth will show if Miami is serious. 
or if Miami just threw all their money on a name and thought everything else was just going to fall into place. That's what it, to me, from the outside looking in, that's what it seems like it's going in that direction. Now, you know, I like Rick. You know, I like what he did at Georgia and all that other stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like I said, you know, you can't you, – you, you, if you fully committed, you got to go all in, Gary. You got to go all in. That's what, that's what Alabama did when they went and got saving. They went all in. Strip the conditioning. Everything, top top of the class, top of the line. If you want to compete for championships, look at Clemson. You've got to go top of the line, Gary. You can't do nothing half-ass. That's my whole thing. And that's what it seems like Miami's about to do all over again, half-ass something, because that's what we do. But that's just my opinion. Uh, this one I, I think you jumped call. up the gun. I, I think you – how can you evaluate something that hasn't happened yet? I, I'm just saying, Gary, I'm just saying, like, if my whole thing is this. If you're going to do something, do it. Ohio State, they went and got Shiano. You know what I mean? You, they went out there, they got a guy who was a top head, who was a head coach at one point, and it was a top D.C. here, a top D.C. here at one point, and got him. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're trying to win, go about it, do it. You see all these other programs getting better, go do it. Alabama got a backup plan. They doing it. They spending that money. If you got that money, go spend that money. Don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yo, oh, we got to wait and see this and that. If you got the bread to do it, hey, we want this guy. When he's done coaching his bowl game or if he's done coaching the playoffs or whatever it is he's doing, hey, we want you. That's all I'm saying. All this talking in the background, are we trying to do it this way, are we trying to do it that way because we don't want to hurt this guy's feelings, we don't want to hurt this person's feelings. Man, forget all that, man. This is a business. Them coaches know how it goes. Man, just spend that money. Stop talking all that crap, man. That's all I'm saying. I want to see some action, not all that talk. But thank you for taking my call. Merry Christmas to you, man, and uh, lay me on hold for the for listen to the rest of the show. All right, thanks. All right, um, we had an earlier question about Patrick Bethel and why he dropped from four star to three star. That actually happened when the Rivals recruiting team did their spring evaluations, and um, he was made a three star back then. So this was not a recent drop. Um, since he's not in any All Star games coming up, he most likely will not be a candidate to move up. I would just get used to um, to him being a three-star prospect. And uh, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. What matters is what he does once he gets to the U. All right, let's go out to the 773. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Billy in Austin. How are you? What's up, Billy? Welcome back. Thanks. Um, I'm glad you put me on right after the last caller. Um, He's jumping the gun, uh, isn't he? I think I'd have to, you know, from a business perspective, kind of slightly disagree. I mean, I think Miami did talk when they hired Mark Richt um, because we've never hired a coach of that caliber or paid that much. You know, if anything, I think a grand opportunity to actually evaluate the staff during bowl practices before he makes decisions. That's a grand opportunity to see. And that was one of my questions for you tonight was when you look at the golden staff, you know, in your opinion, you've been around these guys. This has been a question I've had since last week. I'm thinking about it all week. When you evaluate the Kevin Beard, the Ice Harris, you know, he questioned Ice Harris. I, none of our guys, none of our running backs have fumbled all year that I can recall. Ice Harris has done a great job. Um, I agree. Anything. He, he's um, done a great job as a, as a football coach. There's no question about it. I think he's yeah. underachieving big time as a recruiter. And, well, but and that's, the funny, that's the Al Golden effect. But you take well, the, the Al Golden handcuffs off Ice Harris. He was hired based on the recruit. fact that people people thought he was going to be a great recruiter and make a difference in South Florida. He hasn't really recruited hardly anybody in South Florida, where he's made the big the but neither, difference coaching the running backs. 
Because you're right. That's the goal. They did do a good job this year, and they didn't fumble. And they were rock solid. They were rock solid. They caught passes. They blocked good for the most part. And I think, again, the golden cloud, I hate to use the word cloud, but the golden effect, people didn't want to send kids to Miami because of gold, not because of Ice Harris. Um, so here, here's my, my question. I watched a video that Miami put out, you know, and it was like it's called Inside the Recruiting with, with the Miami staff. And I watched the staff, and I watched the body language, the dialogue. And a lot of those guys that you pass are really nice guys. A lot of it was just kind of an agreement, and we've talked about this new staff needs alphas. So my question to you is when you look at the Miami staff pound for pound, not as a whole, pound for pound, are they really, you know, are they as, and I hate to use this word, are they as bad as our record has reflected, or were they simply doing what they were told by Al Gold, who had a, you know, who had his hand on everything? Because Ice Harris, to me, as a running backs coach, like we just talked about, he's solid, but it doesn't reflect in the overall team record. Why? Because Al had him doing something maybe he didn't want to do. So my, that's my question to you is – Here's what I would talk say. About, I, I think we all know that the biggest problems were on the defensive side of the ball. So correct. without a frame of reference of this organization and the people in it, with that side of the ball functioning properly, which it hasn't been even remotely close to functioning properly, not in recruiting, not on game day, in no way, shape, or form has the defensive side of this organization been functional at all for the last four years. No argument. Okay, so, so what I would say is how in the heck do you, me, or anybody else honestly evaluate some of these guys – when they've been operating in a in a broken organization, you know, and yes, you know, and that's if what Mark I mean. Rick, if, if, and, and here, well, let's use Ice Harris as the example. Of what I'm talking about: if Mark Rick's the head coach, does Ice Harris get Antonio Callaway from Booker T? Yes, that's my point. That that's the Golden effect. They didn't want to send him there because they didn't want Golden all over, you know, Callaway. They wanted Harris. But Golden's negative, you know, the, the image that he had down there was so bad that not even the kid's high school coach could get him. Everything was polluted yeah. by the fact that the defensive yeah. side of the organization was totally broken and by the public perception throughout the South Florida football community, from the, from the peewee leagues all the way up to the high schools, of the individuals that were involved in the program, particularly on that side of the ball. I've never heard one coach or one person out in, in this football community of South Florida say a bad word about James Coley. I've never heard a bad word about Kevin Beard. I've never heard a bad word no. about Larry Scott. Okay, I've, I, I haven't heard a bad word about pretty much all of them. Exactly. The offensive, all you, you know, all and, and you've heard is bad words about Mark D'Onofrio, Paul Williams, yep. Jethro Franklin. It, it, and, and, and that's my point, Gary, is when you look at some of these staffs that get fired, you got a clean house. And, and a lot of it was the culture. But if you uh, – do you know the video I'm talking about, by the way? Do, do you know, know that video that Miami put out? It's a re- the University of Miami put this video out. It was like one of those three-penny films. It's like a six-minute yeah, yeah, clip. I, I, I remember the one you're talking about. And Hurley Brown in that video clearly is the only one that – 
You still there? I think we lost you. So uh, you, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to give us a call back. Sorry about that. All right, let's go to the nine one seven. Hey, we're we're getting all kinds of crazy noise here. Is that your background noise? Gary, can you hear me? Be here again. Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. You, are you there, BK? Hey, what's up? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Oh, man. Hey, what's up, Gary? Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. Hey, yeah, um, uh, you kind of touched on some interesting points with the coaching, right? Even though you made a lot of valid points, I'm st- I'm still kind of nervous because I'm looking at all the, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, like we're at the end and, you know, we're trying to fill, like, well, basically, we're trying to build a coaching staff when I think everyone is pretty much like settled in on on their jobs already. I mean, is that just me, or do you get the same feeling? Oh no, I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there, and and not to say everyone's settled, no, not not even close. You got to remember the, the the most movement in coaching is in January. Really? They have the they have yeah they have the coaching convention. All the coaches there in the first um I can't I don't know what the dates are this year, but it's usually right around the eighth or ninth of January. All the coaches go to the coaches convention. There's a lot of movement usually there. A lot of interviews take place there. No, I mean there the the ship's not sailed by any stretch of the imagination. And I think you have to assume that Mark Ricks has made a lot of phone calls in this regard and the the guys that he's considering know that he's know that he wants them or or they know that they, or, or I'm sure in a lot of situations they've already agreed. Right because I'm because uh, I'm thinking uh originally I thought well maybe he's looking around the NFL you know and you know he's going to pull you know start pulling guys from the NFL but I'm like the he NFL might. He, he might you know but the product right now in the NFL is so bad with so many teams under 500 you know, like, I'm wondering, you know, like, what's the holdup if he was pulling somebody from the NFL? Well, there's, their season is still going on. I mean, there's a million scenarios. Listen, there's a million scenarios. Anything could be going on. Let's say he's looking at, I mean, a guy on the Alabama staff who's well thought of, and I'm not saying he's a candidate. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm using him as an example. Let's say Mark Rick likes Mel Tucker as a defensive coordinator prospect. Well, Mel Tucker's got a semifinal game that he's coaching in in a couple of weeks, and then he might be coaching in the national championship game. You're not pulling him out of Alabama right now to come to Miami. You might be, so you might be waiting on somebody like that at, at a program that's still playing. or You, you know what I'm saying? It, it could be anything. And all right, it could be anything. He probably wants to announce staff all at one time. He probably doesn't want to do it piecemeal. Well, maybe we're not in the same situation as Texas, how Texas is struggling to find an offensive coordinator, this, that, and whatever. You know, I don't know what's going on. But I would be happy with him keeping most of the staff on offense, but he's got a totally clean house on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I'll be comfortable with Coley staying to some capacity, uh, Ice Harris staying to some capacity, and even uh, KB. But Kehoe, I think you might want to start looking for a replacement there. But everybody else, I'll feel comfortable on offense. As long as he's calling the plays and defense, he's got to really – I mean, that's a total rebuild right there. Well, you know, Kehoe, you and Mark Rick, 
teammates at Miami. So I don't know what he's going to do and what decision he's going to make about Art. I wrote about this last week. I mean, I understand it's a business decision, and there have been problems at the offensive line spot, no question about it, um, both in recruiting and in on-field performance. Um, I kind of have a hard time imagining he's going to send Art Kehoe into retirement. But, you know, we'll think. Well, you know, maybe find a spot for him doing something. I, <laughs> I don't know. I can understand that. Well, but. that's why he gets paid the big bucks. He's going to have to figure that out. Okay, okay. All right, sounds good. Like, um, you know, like one more question about recruiting. Um, I think I might have asked you this question last week, but I don't remember if you answered it or not. Like, the, if we bring in early enrollees, right, do they count towards 16 or 15? You can go either way with them, depending on your numbers and, and, and how they work out. I would think these kids are going to count towards last year, but that a lot of that will depend on how they – balance the budget, so to speak, in terms of the NCAA sanctions that had to be served. Yeah, well, didn't we serve those sanctions already? Or? Well, I think they did, yeah. So I don't know if they have the numbers going backwards or not. I'm not, you know, I, I don't know what that accounting is. Oh, right, because I was under the impression that we were under the 85. We were well oh, under. We were no, around 78. Absolutely, absolutely, but I don't know how many scholarships that they were allocating towards the NCAA penalties this past year. It's something that we're going to try to find out. Oh, okay, okay. Listen, did Ruffin did McNeil ever find another job? Don't know. Oh, man, he was a good coach. I was listening. They were, uh, I can't understand how Eastern Carolina let that guy get away. But I don't know. But, listen, Gary, thanks a lot. Uh, once again, I like calling in every week. So I'll talk to you again before the bowl game. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the Keep show. Me you got it. All right, let's go to the 256. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, Garrett? Doing good. Who's this? This is Juan from Alabama, man. Hey, what's up, Juan? What's happening in Alabama tonight? Uh, not too much, man. You know, they're getting ready for their they little playoff game. I hope they lose. But, you know, <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen on that. But uh, just to touch on a couple of things, man, uh, Coach Rick, if you're listening once again, man, go out there and check out that cornerback at St. Thomas Aquinas, man, Dante Carey Williams, man. He's legit, and we need him down here in Miami. I don't know if you looked at his tape or not yet, Gary, but that kid definitely needs to be at UM this year or next year, I guess. But uh, let's see what else I want to talk about. Oh, to uh, answer BK Hurricane's last two questions that he asked you, Ruffin McNeil, I believe, is on the Virginia Tech staff now. I do believe that's what I had uh, heard on the ESPN podcast. And uh, Texas offensive coordinator, they got some guy from Fordham. He used to coach with at Baylor at some point in time. But, yeah, uh, let's see what else. I want. Uh, have you heard anything about when we're going to find out Anything about a, the D.C. or any other positions, any rumors, anything? We have not heard even a single rumor about the D.C., not not even one name mentioned. In fact, the only defensive coach that I've heard even mentioned is Tracy Rocker, who is the D-line coach at Georgia, and we're not even sure how much legitimacy that has right now. So Mark Richt, is, if he's doing a lot of work on this, he's doing a great job of keeping it quiet because – 
there's just not a ton out there. I mean, other than the guys at Georgia that we've gone through the process with to try to figure out which of them are going to come, and right now it's looking to us like John Lilly is the only possibility, and he's functioning as the offensive coordinator for the bowl game. So anything there won't get serious until after January 2nd when they play in the Tax Slayer Bowl. So right now, I mean, the, who's going to be on this coaching staff is a huge mystery. We're not even hearing rumors about the guys that are there right now. In fact, they're saying they haven't even spoken to Mark Richt about it. So it just doesn't seem like it's that far along yet. Okay. Well, all right, one more question. Uh, so if I've been seeing that Scott said he'll change his position to stay on the staff, and Coley also said the same thing. I mean, what would you see Coley doing if he's not going to be calling any plays? Well, I mean, he could still be offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. There's no reason he he couldn't continue in that role. And I think that by freeing him up from game planning and and, and calling the plays that maybe he has more time to make a bigger impact as a recruiter, which he's definitely capable of. Al Golden underutilized James Coley as a recruiter. Okay. Well, that's about all I got, man. Uh, I hope we kill Washington State, man. Uh, I got a friend that's a – he's a, all of a sudden became a USC fan back when they won their national title. So, you know, all, like I said, man, I don't really count these bandwagoners kind of jump on these teams and all that. But I like to go ahead and slaughter Washington State just to prove that the Pac-12 can't mess with the ACC, you know, and that Miami can beat USC. You know, Gary, you know, this is. I just want to say this before I get off the phone, man. I cannot wait until we get back on. I can't wait, man, because I'm, I'm tired of being mediocre, all this other stuff, man. This is Miami. And we're supposed to go out there and get the job done, you know, and just completely annihilate the opposition, man. And I'm just ready for us to get back to that. And, you know, I've said the same thing before. You know, I just I, I believe in Mark Rick, and I hope he brings in the right people to get us back to where we need to be so we can shut some of these other fan bases up, man, because a lot of these people just act like Miami ain't never been nothing. And I, I really hate that because, I mean, obviously all of us who are Hurricane fans know what we've achieved and everything like that. But, you know, since we haven't really did anything here lately, we really just don't get no no credit anymore. You know, we just – people just act like, you know, we, we just a little stepchild or something. I don't know, man. I'm just tired of everybody beating us up. All it's, the it's not like that anymore, ESPN. though. Did, didn't you hear the song I played at the beginning of the show? Yeah, I heard the song, Gary, but it's until not like we that anymore. prove it on the field, you, you people ain't going to give us no credit. <laughs> but they're starting to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm, just, I'm just ready for this thing to get started. I'm just ready for next year so we can go out there and, and just get the job done, man. Of course, you know, we still can finish 9-4, and four, which that will be a stepping stone towards next year's greatness, which we will achieve, I do believe. And, you know, that's all I got tonight, Gary, man. Keep me on hold. All right, man. We got a nine-month wait though before before that happens, but uh, it'll be fun. It'll be there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening between recruiting and then spring practice and off-season workouts. I mean, it, following this team between now and the start of next season is going to be a, a pretty exciting time. Anyway, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next time. Let's go to 
the 305. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Who's this? This is Adam, first-time caller. Hey, what's up, Adam? Welcome to the show. Uh, a couple things. Um, I've been listening. Russell McNeil actually took a job as associate head coach at Virginia. Um, I've just been on coast coaching search, so big-time fan. I was going to ask about the Tracy Rocker rumor because apparently Georgia's already hired a D-line coach. They brought him over from Alabama. Yeah, I mean, Kirby Smart's going to bring in his own people. Tracy Rocker's on the market. Makes a ton of sense for Mark Rick to bring Tracy Rocker here. Um, Also, another thing, and I think I read this article early on, there's absolutely no chance that the no defense is retained, is there? Because I couldn't put up at no. some points watching the games. It just got so embarrassing. No, there's no chance. It was so basic. Not a chance okay. at all. Um, also, um, one final question. Um, I saw that Malik Young decommitted from UGA. Do you know if he's trending towards Miami? Because we, if we can reestablish Broward County, that would be great. And restart yeah, we think there's a great Miami. chance there. He'll be visiting in mid-January. There's there's a great chance there. There's no doubt about it. And would he be visiting with Victor as well? Is Victor even interested in Miami? Because I heard he likes has, um, Ohio has State not been. Florida. Yep, he has not been. But will that change now? We don't know. Oh, okay. We haven't been able uh, to speak yet. We've been trying, but uh, we have not been able to speak And to nothing yet. up at, like, Miramar or any of those um, besides Sam Bruce, because I've also heard rumors that Bruce might, because he's good friends with Scarlett, might be trending towards Florida if KB isn't retained. Have you heard anything like that? No, because it's all speculation right now. Nobody knows if KB is going to be retained. We have not heard any. I mean, obviously, a lot of people have said that about Sam Bruce going back months and months and months, but I don't think it's it's really based on anything right now. Um, okay, and one final question. What about this wide receiver, Dixon, out of Vieira? I hear he's a heck of a prospect, but we're just getting on him late. I can't remember his first name. You I think Dick- maybe Trey Dixon out of Vieira. Yeah, I don't have a, a lot. Possibility on- for Miami or no? I, I don't have a lot on him right now. There's going to oh, be a lot okay. of kids. There are going to be kids, like I've been saying, there's going to be kids that have not been on the radar that are going to jump on the radar purely based on the evaluations that were made up at Georgia when Mark Richt was up there. So, oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you, yeah, we, we don't have a beat on every one of them right now. Oh, okay. We're, and we're, you know, we're trying to right work about... hard every day. Okay. Sorry for interrupting. And thank you. Um, and I think you're right about the coaching staff because, again, anything could happen with that. No doubt. All right. Well, All right, well hey, thank, thank you. Thanks for uh, being part of the show tonight. Glad you uh, hit that number one. Let's go to the 205 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Oh, oh. What's up, What's up Slaughter? Uh, nothing, man. Just feeling good. Got size five state championship rings today. There you feeling go. Feeling good about that. Yeah. Oh, I just want to touch on a couple of points, man. Um, that Uki guy, man, that Uki guy, Uki guy, man, he was tripping, man. You know? Yeah, well, like, what's he gripping a coaching staff that hasn't even been hired yet? Yeah, and it's like, man, you can't, I mean, you just you just don't, like you say, you just don't pay money just to pay money. I mean, I mean, other coaches, 
other great coaches are at schools right now. I mean, it's a process. You got to evaluate what you got. You got some good guys on on the staff now. I mean, the problem wasn't the offense. The problem was defense. I mean, if you want to overhaul anybody getting fired, I mean, you know, replace it should be the defense. I mean, Coley, Coley, Scott, Ice, Kevin, all of them did a great job. You know, Kehoe did, you know, he did what he could with the experience. I mean, with the lack of experience he had, like I talked on the board, I mean, the guys, a lot of them was first year, you know, getting their, you know, really getting some meaningful playing time this year. And he lost three guys to the NFL last year. I mean, last year the line was pretty good. We had a pretty good run um, run game. But I just think you give him a chance, you know, see if the guys got the experience coming back this year. I think the old line going to be a lot better. I mean, as far as with the – you got to trust the process with Mark Rick, man. This man been doing this for 15 years, man. He know – he probably, like you said before, he probably already got – already know he's going to get. He already made some calls. Got to wait till after the season. Um, got to wait till after the season. People finish with their other gigs before they come to Miami. People just can't drop what they're doing to come to Miami. Well, and Miami has a full staff right now until exactly. January 27th. Exactly. You can't just kick these guys out the door and say, hey, you know – we, no, you know, we it, got some more guys right now. And why make announcements? Why make an announcement now while this team with these coaches is getting ready for a bowl game? Exactly. Then you're gonna cause you're gonna cause a lot of distractions for the team not being focused for the bowl game. Why? I mean, you trying to get you trying to get nine wins for the first time since what 2006? No, we won nine games with him. No, we won nine games with um Golden. So I'm tripping. Yeah, but another thing, man, I seen you um talked about, man. I wanted to. You didn't respond to my post I had got about the about the defense alignment. You said we don't have defense alignment. I just don't see how really we can really say that about the D line, and they played in this damn patty cake defense. If you really if you really look at the guys we recruited, if you go back and looked at the highlight tape, in which I've done, a lot of those guys played an attacking style defense. Even the guys up in in um, in New Jersey. You know, they was playing, getting after the quarterback. Getting, you know, re- they wasn't reading and reacting. They was, you know, full tilt, finna make a play. They didn't, they couldn't do that under D'Onofrio. So you don't really know what you're getting until you sit down, I mean, until you let them get in the system so they can attack. You see what I'm saying? You can't really say Hamilton is not good because you can't say Jenkins is not that good or we don't have depth, we don't have this. And when the guy's not been put in a position to make plays. Because look at it like this, again. Okay, you got Brad Kaya. What if we run in the read option with Brad Kaya? Does that mean Brad Kaya's not a good quarterback? No, that means you're running the wrong system with him. He's not a read option quarterback. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are not <laughs> are not paddicate. I'm going to hold you up so this guy can make a play. They don't, they don't play like that. They don't like playing like that. You see what I'm saying? So you got knowing you got guys that can make plays and they show spurts where they can make plays if you let them go free. If you look at it since um, Larry Scott took over, the D lineman has been making a lot more plays. They've been making a lot more plays in the backfield. They have. So what's your take on that on on that aspect right there, Gary? About, about I the think, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's certainly a possibility that these guys that haven't played great in a Mark D'Onofrio system, will play better for a new coordinator. It also could go the other way, you know, in fairness to D'Onofrio. I mean, listen, we assume that Golden and D'Onofrio are, you know, everything they've done for four years has been wrong. Every, every single evaluation they've done has been wrong. And the truth is a lot of what they did was wrong, but not all of it was wrong. 
Okay, yeah, and, and, and I don't think yeah. we can say that because Jelani Hamilton, for example, could not make any contribution whatsoever in a Mark D'Onofrio defense, is now going to come in with a new coordinator and be a first-team stud next season. I don't think I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but my thing is this, Gary. I don't see how you miss on every D tackle you recruited. I don't see how that's possible. I don't see how you weren't good recruiters, possible. weren't good evaluators. I they mean, but somebody, you, I mean, somebody can, make, somebody can make a play. Somebody, somebody can make a play when you got you got defensive linemen on on Pittsburgh and other and other teams like this that kids you never heard of. You see what I'm saying? That's what, that's my thing. Okay, my prime example: North Carolina. North Carolina defense was shitty last year. Gary, am I right or wrong? Yeah. They got a they got Look a big time right and became much better immediately. So you're absolutely <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, yes, that's that can happen, point. but I don't think it. I don't think you can just assume that every player is. I'm not be saying better. every player, but, but I'm saying but you should, would get more. Some of them get more hits absolutely. than miss. Absolutely. So, so, so do you? Okay, okay. You, so you do you think Cartel Jenkins would be, be be better at a, um in a better in better system? I don't what know. What about um North? I don't. I don't. He's a good example. I, I think Moton's a better example. I think Moton's a better well, what prospect. About even Moton. That's, 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 right. that's what I'm saying. That's that. football player. I'm not sure he's a Miami-level defensive tackle or what should be a Miami-level defensive tackle. He make plays, though, Gary. He's made plays. He doesn't make for many of them. does not make many of them. I mean, because the system he's in. He's the system he's in. But right that's an assumption. You're assuming it's because of the system, and it might be. What's it? <laughs> okay. It might, it might be. It might be. But you don't know that for a fact. That's an assumption. Okay. Do you? Okay. One more thing, you and understand? then I need to get another call. To, you yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I see the I difference, mean, but I mean, you're, you're assuming I mean, I think, that Cortell Jenkins is a frontline Division One top shelf. I'm not saying that he's a top. I'm not saying pack, that he's going to be an All American. And, and he but I'm saying, I'm saying you'll get Nostria, better results. And I don't make that assumption. I'm just saying he'll be better. I'm just saying he will be better in a different system. That's all I'm saying. He potentially he's too big. Could he's be. not big enough. He's big, he's not big enough to play that 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 two guy system. He's not big enough for that. How about Pete he's Pitt not be better? Well, he has to. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll use that. We, he has to potentially be better. I think a lot of those guys will be better. But another thing, I mean, just a lot of these guys, man, they don't. I mean, I don't see like they see a player's not working at one position. They move him to a, a different position, like Tracy Howard. I would have took him from corner and made him a safety. But for the, for one reason, he he doesn't have the speed to keep up with a receiver. Not physical enough. He wasn't physical enough for most of his career. He got better as a senior, but he wasn't anywhere close to physical enough to play safety. Shit, put him at free safety. He ain't got to play no, at free. This is a kid. I mean, and I love Tracy Howard, but they used to have to not. They used to. You forget they wouldn't play him when they against, played Georgia, um, Tech Georgia Tech because he wasn't yeah. physical enough on the perimeter. You could put him at, at free safety. He don't. He, at free, you think about strong safety. You can share the free safety. Your strong safety needs to be your best tackler. Your 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 free safety needs to be one of your your better um your, your smartest player to make the calls. And he was one of the smarter players on the defense. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I mean, I just know Mark Rick. But they had other guys to make those. They needed him to be a corner. I mean, shit, I would play him over Dallas Crawford, Dallas Crawford at safety. You can't tell me that. So you mean to tell me that? You, that, I've, never, I've never seen Tracy Howard play state, so I have no opinion. I'm just saying, just like your boy Eddie Jackson man, that plays at Alabama. A lot of stuff, man. You, you're, you're, I'm not you, assuming, you, but I'm just saying this is a lot of big 
I'm just saying, Gary, this is me from thinking for, as a coach. As a coach. would be a better safety than Dallas Crawford. And I understand Dallas has plenty of faults. No, no, you know, why, why did I say that? that that's not what I'm saying. Why did but I how say can that? you? Like, you don't know that. You've never seen Tracy Howard play one down at safety. I've never seen Tra- Dallas Crawford play one down at safety either. I know he was horrible at it. <laughs> he should never. They should have kept. They should have kept him on offense. I think he would contribute contribute a lot better for us on offense than he did defense. All I right. know one thing. I know. I know Muhammad shouldn't have been playing that damn linebacker in some of the games. I know that. That's what I'm saying, Gary. That's all I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> I'm just happy that we got a coach that sees the that 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 sees this and make these type of changes. And it's a good thing, man. Know. Here you go again. How do you know what Mark I mean, Rick he, 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 he did it at you Georgia. Hope you hope that Mark Rick sees what you think. Come on, man. You're you're making assumptions all over the place. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. You, you my dog, yeah. Okay. Man, well, keep me on hold, man. Keep, you, you, you my dog. I'm right. You, I, you know, I'll argue with you, Gary, man. You my dog, man. You my dog. I ain't for arguing with you, Gary. You right. You oh, right. Man, I, man. I'm assuming. Right, I'm, I'm assuming, saying, man. It's, you're making a subject water. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying, man. It's just me thinking. It's just, it's just me thinking from a coach's standpoint, man. I'm just like, like how I do know. people don't I see exactly this? Exactly what you're doing, but, but we have no idea what Mark Rick's going to think. I mean, I'm just sitting here making necessary changes. We, we, you know, we don't know how nah, he's going to evaluate. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, hey, hopefully, hopefully, we we'll just say hopefully, man. But there you know, just keep me on. Just keep me on. That hopefully is way better, man. Way okay, better. We're gonna, we're gonna give me, go give me, give me yeah. one of those bird calls before we go. Ah, ah. Hey, Ookie, man, get your mind right, bro. <laughs> All right, Slaughter. Hey, thanks for being part of the show, as always. Oh, yeah. All right. I love that guy. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is a kill Blake, first time caller. Hey, we got a lot of first time callers tonight. I'm glad you guys are finally uh, finally breaking down and not being shy. Man, I, first of all, you gotta do you gotta give yourself credit with with, with Mark Rick coming in with the marketing and, and your Twitter. I mean, your Twitter is live; it has to be live right now. You know, <laughs> so you know, so that was that that actually led to be uh one finding out about Kane's insight, be getting more familiar with you and just listening to the show and reading your things. So I just want to say thank you uh for that too. Well thank uh, you. And also now, this is not directed towards you, this is directed towards any other listeners. Please if you guys go ask a question to Gary, let him answer the question 'cause I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to y'all questions and hear what he said. He's confidently and quietly listening to you guys and you guys are interrupting him while he's explaining his thought process. So I had to get that off my chest as a first-time listener, all right? Oh, no, nah, uh, everyone's good. We were just sla- Slaughter and I, we were just having a little debate there. Right, right. No, 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 it's cool. Well, he, he, was, he was just being a, he, he was being a little presumptuous, you know? I mean, oh. he, he, you know, he wasn't – he was kind of like putting his own thoughts into what he was hoping that the coach is going to do, but he doesn't know what the coach is going to do. So he was just mixing no, that up a little. In all defense, in defense of uh, everything, like no, the, the, everybody's asking good questions, but what I'm I'm not hearing you being able to respond to it because you know just the whole thought process of another question coming in before you can even get out of answer. That's all I'm saying. Just 
you know, for all for somebody like me who's a first time listener, I'm trying to really pay attention to what some of these guys' questions are, and which are pretty good. I must say that. But oh, they're great. Forward, they're great questions yeah. every week. Every, every week. I'm on it. I'm on it. Here's my question for you. First of all, um, when it comes to recruiting, we got to remember as Miami fans, you know, uh, these players don't choose Miami. We choose them. That's first, right? So that's, that's the way it's the supposed statement. to be. <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Now, here's yeah. my question for you. Does the current recruitment board that uh, Mark Rick is actually exposed to, does it uh, – I'm sorry, does the current recruitment board uh, – that Mark Ritt has access to for UM, does it really, in your opinion, uh, does it really expose that there's a lack of details when it comes to, one, properly evaluating these players, these high school kids, from a from a developmental standpoint? And is he not paying attention? Or, uh, I'm sorry, did it, does it expose that he's not really focusing in more on the mental aspect of playing the game? Not so much just the physical aspect of playing the game, but the mental aspect of saying, you know, it's fourth down. It's, I mean, it's the third quarter. We need to win. We need big players to make plays. Is does that in in in, in Mark? Uh, I'm sorry. In I'll go this whole recruitment process. What's your whole thought process on that? Well, you know, I think that the the, the guys that run recruiting for, for, that have run recruiting for Miami uh, through through the years and. This, a couple have come and gone, or whatever. But they, they they've done a, a a pretty darn good job, and they and they work really hard, and 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 they do what they're supposed to do. Where the breakdown to me has been, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, has been the capability to get in the ring for the for the best players in the country and slug it out with Alabama and Georgia and Auburn and and all those schools. I mean, it's almost till where like they were so defeated before they even started, they didn't even try. So that's why the the pool of recruits has not been what it should be over the last four years, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Now, if you're Mark Rick coming in and you're looking at this roster, I gotta believe he's saying we gotta get better and 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 we gotta recruit better players and more difference makers. And as he puts the staff together. He's got to look for guys that can that can deliver those type of kids and have experience and a track record of being able to go slug it out with the best recruiters in the country and win your share. You're never going to win every one of them, obviously. Um, but Miami has a lot to sell. And uh, so the, the key to me is what he does with these coaching staff hires. They have to hmm. ex- be able to improve on the pool of players they're recruiting. And, you know, you can recruit your running backs and wide receivers from South Florida all day and night and be pretty darn good and then fill in with a Lawrence Cager here or there or, or something. But, but you know, those positions are, are plentiful in South Florida, okay? But you can't say the same thing about defensive linemen. I'm not sure you could say the same thing about linebackers. Uh, you should be able to get some decent DBs from South Florida. But my point is you've got to have guys and on the offensive line also. You've got to have guys that can go out and slug it out around the country for the best players. They have not had that. Hmm. So, and this brings me to my next question. This, this is the next question because it's something that you said earlier. So, why do you think Golden 
underutilized Coley as a recruiter. Like, why do you – and you said it was so much passion and conviction I, that I, I was – Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why, but he was so underutilized by Al Golden as a recruiter. In James what aspect? Coley, James Coley is what a aspect? really good – he is a really good recruiter. Mm, okay. Okay. And my last question before I go. When you look All right, at you got anything else tonight? Yeah, when you look at when when you look at uh, someone like Roland Smith, uh, the head coach at uh, 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 Miami Central, who's who has done a phenomenal job uh, taking Central to the state championships. At one point, I think he won uh, high school coach of the year, and he's a former player. Where does a coach like him fit? Into the possibilities of the possibilities of joining either a Miami or FIU to get his feet wet, then coming to Miami because he's a proven winner. He's a former he's a former player, so why not utilize someone like that that's in the community, that's in the community, know these players, know how to evaluate these skill set players, and bring them on staff? Do you, or do you see a conflict with that? You can't hire everybody, okay? Mike Rumpf wants to come on the staff. Roland Smith, I'm sure, would love to come on the staff. Uh, People are talking about Ed Reed coming on the staff as defensive backs coach. I don't know that I see that. Um, But, you know, Mark Richt is going to have to weed through all this and decide who the best coaches are he can find, whether they played at Miami or didn't play at Miami. Here's one thing I'll leave you with in answering that question. Are you trying to create a Hall of Fame on the coaching staff, or are you trying to win sure. national titles? Okay, I mean everybody wants Ken Dorsey and Roland Smith and Michael Barrow to come back, and everybody wants a former Hurricane at every position on the coaching staff. I mean, are you, are you trying to create a Hall of Fame, or do you want this program to get back to competing for national titles? Because when it was competing for national titles. That certainly was not the case. Butch Davis never played for the University of Miami. Gary Stevens, best offense coordinator this program's probably ever had, he didn't play for the University of Miami. Greg Schiano didn't play for Miami. Mark Stoops as a DB coach, Chuck Pagano as a DB. I mean, you could go on and on and on. I mean, when Miami had good coaching staffs, they went out and got the best coaches that the head coach could find. They weren't worried about, oh, is he a legacy? Did he play at Miami? And let's just hire him on the face value that he played at Miami. So just remember that. Are you trying to create a Hall of Fame, or do you want to get back to competing for national titles? Okay. Appreciate you, man. Look forward to reading and hearing you more. Anytime, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, We're going to go about 20 more minutes tonight so everybody can go catch part of this. Also, the is, is the official age of eight? Is it the three, four, seven? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, sorry, Gary. I'm over here with some friends and watching the Republican debate. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> who, 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 who's this? This is Kwame, man, from Brooklyn. How are you? Hey, what's up, Kwame? How's that debate going? It's pretty good, right? <laughs> Yeah, Donald is hilarious, man. This guy is like the king of all kings with regard to entertainment, man. He really drives the uh, the ratings. Yeah, well, that's why I figured we'd all go two hours tonight so everybody can go catch something. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, a couple of quick things. I, I didn't catch the top of the show, so I didn't really hear what you had to say in regard to the staff. Is there are there any names being bandied no. about for nothing? Uh, Absolutely nothing. No moving rumor, on. Nothing. I mean, I think John Lilly is going to be part of it right now, but but he's he's calling plays for Georgia's bowl game January second. So we'll see. Okay. What you know, we'll see. Uh, but was there any word on when he would move? Would it be soon thereafter the bowl game? It won't be. It won't be before the bowl game. I mean, I, I would think they'd come back from the bowl game. He'll meet with the guys that are currently on staff because he's got to make decisions there and tell them when they're they're either retained or they're fired. <laughs> you know, that'll fall mm-hmm. under. His, I imagine that falls under his authorization now that he's the head football mm-hmm. coach. Uh, so he'll meet with all those guys probably individually. I would think in the first day or two after they get. Uh, so, what? Are, okay. That's a lot of back there, man. Okay. Uh, moving on. Hello. Can you hear me? We can hear you better now. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Gerald Willis. Uh, how big is he now, and what position is he going to play next year in, uh, prayerfully, a four-three defense? You know. That's going to be an interesting thing to see. I mean, when I, when you look at the personnel on the team, uh, they might want to try to attack. I don't know that. that look, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to push it up, but I'm but I'm, going to, I'm I'm turning you off because that's too much noise. But um, but anyway, so uh, when you look at the personnel on the team. Assuming Muhammad comes back, because he'd be absolutely insane to leave, and you got Chad Thomas, and you got Scott Scott Patchen coming up, and 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 other guys that can play defensive end, you might want to try to see if you could make grow him into like a a Warren Sapp type of defensive tackle. I mean, he, they they say he's been unblockable on the scout team. I mean, we'll see. We've heard that before. I don't buy into any of that nonsense. I mean, hopefully it comes to fruition, and hopefully he's an All American. Um, but, you know, I've just never been one to buy into too much of this unstoppable on the scout team stuff. I mean, we were hearing the same thing a year ago about Demetrius Jackson, and he barely played or contributed this year. So, you know, we'll see how he looks in spring practice. But I wouldn't be shocked if you're playing a four-man line, if they didn't uh, try to use him a little inside, especially in passing situations. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, so that's that's the best answer that I can give right now. Um on on that question, just because it's 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 all a great unknown. All right, um, looks like uh, we've got about 14 minutes of show. Let me find my spot here on the board. Um, let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yes, sir. That's you. Hey, Gary. What's happening? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, Honeysuckle 1024. Hey, what's up, Honeysuckle? Talk to us. Oh, my God. Dude, it is so great to be able to talk about something other uh, than our coaches being fired or who our coach is going to be. Yeah, uh, really the timing good. is great. Oh, dude, it's, it's like it's, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, a few things I know where uh, you need to get off. Uh, you know, a previous caller who was not impressed with Larry Scott, you know, I, you know, I appreciate uh, his passion, uh, but totally inaccurate. If there is one coach that needs to be retained on the staff, it is Larry Scott. Uh, we had an interim coach come in, take the reins, Control the fellas, keep them pumped, and we finished eight and four. That, that to me, he's the first order of business as far as I'm concerned in regards to anybody on the staff. He should be the first one in Rick's office for the interview. And, and where can I put you, or do you want to see the tight end coach? 
that's what I feel with Larry Scott. Yeah, I, I agree. And I know Uki made a great point. The North Carolina game was terrible. Okay, no no argument that it was terrible. And every game this team played this year against quality teams was pretty much terrible. I mean, Nebraska wasn't a quality team. Florida State was probably the best they played against a decent team. But, uh, you know, Larry Scott held this thing together pretty darn well. He did, and, and the players responded, which I think is very important. So a few thoughts in regards to recruits. Uh, you know, Eason, I'm glad this guy is staying with Georgia. Um, you know, Allison has been committed to us for a while, very loyal. Uh, you know, a four-star guy playing in Day County. Uh, that, to me, holds a lot of weight, so I'm glad that's going to stay in place. Uh, you mentioned uh, recruiting a running back and being very good at run- selecting running backs. Uh, I-, I long for the day we find another Najee-, Najee Davenport, a back with size, who can actually, you know, run with a little bit of speed, you know, pad level low and, and-, and take people down. Uh, my question, th- does Gus Edwards pass the eye test for Rick, in your opinion? Absolutely. In a okay. big-time way. The, the right. question with Gus Edwards is how healthy can they get him by August? But okay. passing the look test, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, Sam Bruce, uh, you know, I think it's uh, safe to say that he starts from day one, and I think he will. There, there's no way that you can keep this kid on the bench. No, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Sam Bruce yeah. is going to be is, is very undersized. So a lot of people think he he's he's without question a take because he's from South Florida. He's from St. Thomas, and he's a phenomenal athlete and player. But a lot of people think that he's a more of a seven-on-seven warrior than he's going to be um, a full-gear warrior at the college level. That remains to be seen. I, um, so, I don't know. Here, my, my prediction is well, he's going to start from day one. I don't have an opinion either way. I got to see right, him. Right. I got to see him against college competition. But, no, I agree. But, but yeah, is he start from day one? I mean, that's that's a big statement, man. I, I think he starts from day one. I think Braxton Berrios, you, know, you won't see him see the field again too much. Um, let me ask you this. Out of the two position groups, the linebacker core or the defensive line, in your opinion, which group, which group is uh, better uh, that, that is going to make a bigger jump next year? Who's, which group has the most potential to make the biggest jump next year? I think the linebackers with those guys coming in uh, have a okay. lot of potential because you know I think Jawan Young's got potential. You got Darian Owens coming back. You got Jermaine Grace coming back, and now you got a few really good freshmen coming in to help you. And I mean, uh, you, know, you know, I'm not I'm not the smartest person, but you think if you're running a four three, you only need three linebackers now to fill. You know, I, we we've got a lot of guys that we can pick and choose from. I mean, Grace is going to be on the field. Uh, yep. You know, I think Juwan Young, the kid plays with an attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, we got uh, Owens coming back from an injury. He was he would have had a good year this year. This year. I still think Quarterman comes in and starts from the get-go. I, you know, he could. The two guys I think that start is Quarterman and uh, Sam Bruce. Without a doubt, they're going to be on the field. I, wouldn't, but, I, I think Quarterman's got a better shot to start than Sam Bruce. I wouldn't be shocked if Quarterman came in and beat out Jawan Young. He, I mean, if he plays in college anyway, the way he looks in high school, I, I totally agree. Um, I wouldn't sleep on Zach McLeod either. And there's a, a, a freshman from this year that has a lot of potential by the name of Jamie Gordoner, who is um, one to watch as well. I'm not sure what his foot speed's like, and you know they're going to have to take a look at that and, and, and see how he holds up as a Mike linebacker. Uh, but he's got potential as well. So, so they're finally getting to the point where they've got some players at that position. Have you met Shaquille Quarterman in person? Yes. Is he bigger than Denzel Perriman? Yes. He's taller, correct? He's taller. He yeah. might, maybe he's the same height, the same weight, but he yeah. is taller than him. Correct? Yeah, he's okay. yeah, it, yeah, yes, he's definitely bigger than Denzel. So, right, so I'm going to go. Uh, quick question: I was on Bleacher Report the other day, 
And there was an article in regards to the banner campaign that was written uh, by a guy from ESPN. It's an interesting read. I didn't know if you got to, uh, to, to read it. Um, yeah, I, just wanted to throw that. I don't like it the was, fact that those guys are getting glorified the way they are. But, you know, yeah, yeah it was a good article. Yeah. I agree, but it was it was kind of interesting when you really read the article. It was saying that they had a group of these guys that would toss their ideas in the hat, and there was one dude that would just simply pick one, and you know he would call up the you know the girl at the airport, and he, they would get it done. And you know, and I guess one of the the one most significant saying was, you know, our pilot more you know top twenty wins than you know so you know uh, you know Al Golden. Um, so I thought that was an interesting read. I wanted to throw it out there, you know, to other Kane sport guy uh, people who haven't maybe uh, seen that. Uh, seen that article, but that's it. Merry Christmas, man. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the uh, two two five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, man? Doing good. Who's this? It's Jason in Banner Rouge. What's up, Jason? How you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. Hey, um, got a quick question for you. Is Michael Weish is he still on the team? No. He got in trouble. He, I, I forget what he. I think he hit a girl or something. He did. He did something stupid. Got himself arrested, and they had a sudden packing. Wow. Okay. I got a question for you. Um, I, I think what the other people were talking about is, you know, when they say people like uh, Trey on Gray, when they say, "Man, he should be playing," and you, you know, you say, "Why do y'all say that?" It's because. A lot of people are saying the evaluation of the coaching staff, of the players, they're saying that they're doing a terrible job evaluating because all of the players that are on the roster, you can't tell me that everybody's a bust. And they're saying that's, that kind of falls on the coaches. The coaches don't know what they're doing. And so that's what I think that they're trying to get across to you when you say, why are, y'all, why are you guys you know, riding on Trayon Gray? Well, they're riding on Trayon Gray because they see that he's explosive and the other two guys are not as explosive. That makes sense. Yeah, um, you know, I I never agreed. I mean, I always felt he was the, the number three running back on the team. So I don't, mm-hmm. I had no problem with the production they got out of Yearby and Walton this year. I don't, I don't know that Trayon Gray is better than Yearby or Walton right now. Yeah. But, but, but he, I mean, he, he, but, but I will say this: if he is, it'll come to the forefront in a Mark Richt offense because he loves big backs. Yeah, but. But I think that's what everybody's just trying to say, you know, more or less. That's what I'm getting out of it. And they're gotcha. just saying, hey, man, huh? Yeah, I know. I, I got you. I know what you're saying. Okay. Well, that was my little two cents. I just want to throw that out there. A lot of people kind of hashed over a lot of stuff that I want to say. But nevertheless, man, that, that's all I got, bro. So. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. All right. Take care. All right. Let's go to 501. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Alex up in Arkansas, man. Hey, what's up, Alex? Welcome to the show. Man, how you doing? I haven't talked to you in a few weeks, but I wanted to call, man. I kind of kind of got fired up a little bit when that guy called and was kind of ripping uh, Coach Scott, and I know a lot of people have called in and uh, kind of spoke up and kind of defended. And I, and I, I kind of understand what he's saying, but not the attack on Coach Scott. I think because we have, as Kane fans have kind of – been watching and waiting. We went through the whole thing with the transition of going from Coach Golden to Coach Rick, and now everybody else just seems like they're already just grabbing up name coaches and names that are familiar to people, and that's kind of throwing us all into panic mode because we're still dealing with the the, the not knowing. And you basically brought up a brilliant point by saying we really don't know, 
and before we can just start it attacking, we've got to find out, first of all, what Coach Rick's plan is and who he has because we really don't know. So I think it's premature for us as fans, and I know, like I said, we've been suffering, so we're ready to jump right in and get right back. We want all the SEC coaches that was with Coach Rick. We want everybody that's good, all the name defensive coaches. But you got to get the right people. And before we just go ahead and just start jumping the gun and attacking him, you got to see, first of all, who he already has in mind. And then another thing is you got to give these guys a chance because maybe their hands were tied. I remember reading a few days ago that uh, Coley had already had a meeting supposedly with Coach Rick, and, you know, he was, you know, going in there and could easily be saying, well, hey, man, I couldn't really run my offense the way I wanted to because my defense sucked ass. So I couldn't really I couldn't really go up-tempo a lot of times when I wanted to. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do because my hands were tied because we had to protect the defense. So you just never know, you know. You just never know, and you got to, I think, as fans, we got to be patient and wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. I would have loved for him to say, okay, I'm going to get Mario and I already had those names throwing them out there. That's going to be my O-line coach. We're going to find a spot for Kehoe and just down the line. But as we all know, it doesn't always work that way. Nope. I mean, so, you know, that's that's my take on it. I take a look at, you know, what's going on right now with Bielema and, you know, he's pissed off because they took his his uh, uh O-line coach, which, hey, man, Pittman was getting a whole lot of credit. Hell, I wish he could have got it in Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're we showing that we're paying money now for coaches, you know, so I understand what, what our fans are saying, you know. But, again, I just don't think you attack Coach Scott because he's done a phenomenal job. Every coach that's tried to hold that together, my hat's off to them, you know. Even the totally ones right. that we know are going to be there no more. Even the ones we know ain't going to be there no more. They still tried to be and say the politically correct things and hold it together. So, you know, I just think we just need to be patient. I know that's a hard thing to do, but we just got to be patient and wait. All righty. You got anything else tonight? All right, buddy. That's it, my friend. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Leave me on for these next two minutes. You got it. Let's go back to the 773. I know you got disconnected earlier. Uh, we'll, We'll let you finish your thoughts. Thanks, Gary. Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. I was walking the dog, so I must no problem. Hit a spot, but I, I kind of what a lot of the guys have said since I've, I've come on. I think just going going off of um, what the last guy said. I think the fan base is desperate, and we just want you know we want action, we want answers, and you know um, I think you brought up a tremendous point that I didn't even think of, and probably a lot of us didn't is. Maybe Mark Rick wants one big press release where he announces the entire staff instead of one by one. I would um, think that's how he'll do it. How he'll do it. That, I mean, he, that and, makes sense to me. And the profession that he is, you know, the more you you, you analyze that thought and think about it, that it, it certainly um, you know would make sense with I guess his style from what you could expect. Going back to where where I was, Gary, and you know when I got cut off, which I apologize for about your show, is when you watch that recruiting video you had a lot of yes-men in the video. You had Curly Brown, you know, a, a guy that is a cane, that understands what it takes to be a cane, was the one guy that had that alpha in him. 
and was the mm-hmm. one guy that disagreed with everything else that was said, you know, in that meeting. And, um, you know, where I was getting at was some, some people in, in corporate, in any job, they don't want to speak up because they don't want to get fired. And they just do what the boss tells them to do. They're happy to be there, which I think is a concern of a lot of our fans. And that was what I was getting at with you. Is some, they get another caller on it. So the, the offensive staff decides the offensive line. They aren't bad coaches. And, yeah, they're maybe not knocking on our door. Um, and that's what I, I guess that's my closing question to you is, do you think that these coaches have been so, you know, so-called Goldenized by they don't you know by having a soft or weak culture. You know I've I've been at, I've been on you about Larry Scott not being, you know kind of just carrying over the the golden part. Or do you think that these guys are actually kind of some you know like some pit bulls that are actually in the cage that are just waiting to be unleashed that are actually good coaches? Kevin Beer was a great coach at University School. Ice Harris is a national championship winning coach. They didn't forget how to coach overnight. It's a system that they were put in by their boss. Um, and I think whoever mentioned earlier is, you know, Kai is put in the read option. Is he a bad quarterback? No. Is Kevin Beard a bad coach? Could he, you know, could he coach under Al Golden? No. It's the same thing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to hear from you was pound for pound, some of these guys, are they really as bad as, as we think that they are, or no, are they actually it, it, pretty darn good coaches? I mean, when you look at the guys on the offensive side of the ball, I'd say absolutely not. I mean, no, I don't think anyone's Correct. been saying they're bad. I mean, Kevin Beard wasn't bad this year. Larry Scott yeah. certainly wasn't bad. Ice Harris wasn't bad. Uh, James Coley wasn't, you know, wasn't bad. I mean, some people like or dislike certain calls, like the bubble screens and things like that. But, uh, you know, he considering the offensive line that he was working with this year, I didn't think he was bad. I mean, he he did an okay job. You know, there's but, just a, well, it's, it's, it's it's a flawed roster. You know, so look they got to look at James better. Coley. You, the, the last call, I think it was James Coley. If you remember Florida State last year, that guy looked like he was the top offensive coordinator in the first half against Florida State. Yep. After the game, Golden's on record saying we didn't think we'd be up that much. And what happened? I doubt James Coley decided, hey, let's get conservative. That guy wanted to keep going, and and the boss is the one that held him back. You know, if James Coley is actually unleashed as a play caller, is he calling everything overly conservative? Golden is the overly conservative coach in all of America. You you nailed it when it came to he, – he went into Alabama and went into Notre Dame's with a defeatist attitude. He was so stoked about the easy route, grabbing the, you know, the coal shoveler, you know, under-the-radar guy from Jersey when he refused to get into somebody's living room that actually had some competition. Everything was so conservative about that staff, and that's what's really hard to, you know, to, to understand with these guys that are coming back. I don't think we have a bad staff. I think it was Al Golden. I think it was Mark D'Onofrio. And I think it was Paul Williams, the three guys that were at Temple. Ever, nobody else came with them, if I, if I recall correctly. Right? All the other coaches you know, are, are, are not at, at Temple with them, correct? Well, and, and there were other guys through the four years that didn't – really do the job the way they were supposed to. Um, you know, Terry Richardson's one that comes to mind. He didn't recruit Broward County the way he was supposed to be recruiting Broward County. Sure. You know, and, but, you know, Brennan Carroll had his ups and downs. I mean, he didn't really recruit the way he was supposed to be recruiting. I mean, so it, it, it carried over to offense at times, but I agree most of the problems were on defense. And it was like just the same way he hired Randy Melvin. He didn't want to go out and compete and find – that guy that was the biggest problem, he just went across the street 
didn't want to battle with anyone, and he hired a guy from FIE. And I'm not, not I'm not trying to knock Randy Melvin. So I think they did improve under him, but it was just the no, entire but, concept. But, but not much. I mean, what he needed to do was he needed to go out and find the best defensive coach in America that would come to work for him, make that guy a coordinator, or if you want to save face for Mark D'Onofrio, make him a co-coordinator, bring some new ideas into the program, bring some better coaching into the program. That, that's what he needed to do. That's why Al Golden's unemployed right now. He he needed to do that organizational-wide years ago when they got their butt handed to them in the Champs Athletic Bowl a few seasons ago. So so let's, let's zero back on the staff. Do in your opinion, yes or no, and maybe it's some, maybe you have a better idea than others, are some of these coaches, did they just go with the golden flow or have they generally been brainwashed and actually need to go? Well, I, I think the, the guys on offense are fine. I mean, I don't know that he'll keep every one of them. He might, but I mean, the guys on offense to me have been fine. I, I don't think there's anything that you know. I mean, Art's the most controversial of them in, from that standpoint, just because of how bad they've struggled in recruiting at offensive line, and how and how up and down that offensive line was in games this year. But I mean, you know, there's there's not a ton of problems on the offense side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. If he keeps anybody, I would say it might be Hurley. But it, I don't think it, it, Melvin will be retained. I don't think D'Onofrio will be retained, and I don't think Williams will be retained. But it's not even. Let me let me go another level, Gary. I met with my athletic director today. Okay, one thing she she kept talking about was a winning culture, a winning culture, a winning culture as a department. Is that in that staff? You know, is it in there? Beard and, and Brown. Yeah, they, they know what it yes. takes. Because I think Mark Rick can change that culture. So yes, I think it could be. You know, because sometimes I don't, as a man has any problem having a winning culture. And you know, that's where I don't, I'm I don't think James the, Coley has any problem in that regard. You see what I'm getting at? Well, and I am, and that's that, you know, as a manager, Gary, and I have people that I've, that I've worked under me in other jobs. You want to develop them in a way, you know, to success. Golden was not a leader, a great leader, in my opinion. He didn't develop coaches. Nobody was never knocking on our door. But it doesn't mean that they were bad coaches. They went with the company, the company approach. Going with the company approach is one thing. Being yeah, all you know, the guys talented talked about didn't come from Temple. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think that's – so I, I don't want the fan base to – to freak out because I think the other thing that, that people are going to be pissed about Gary is if he retains a lot of these guys the argument is we you finally had the money for assistant coaches and all we did is take the easy route and give these guys raises when they sucked and I don't think that's necessarily the case as long as he you know brings in the right guys to replace D'Onofrio, Paul Williams and Randy Melvin. All right fair enough thanks for being part of the show tonight. Hey thanks for letting me back on it sorry about earlier but I appreciate you. No you know, sweat uh, man. You know, give, give us a call. Yep, give us a call next yep. time. All right, final call of the night. Let's go to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. I don't know why you want to do it, Gary, but it's this poor city Kane again. <laughs> you don't have to see me again. Hey, I uh, just want to tell you thank you for being on the show and want to tell you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'll still be calling in next week. But I got a, a, a quick question, and maybe just two quick questions, and I'll be out of your hair. If our talent on our team was that poor, do you think that the school could have just self-imposed the scholarship bans and already been through with them when you started looking down through. that? that I, I know, but great. I'm talking about even before this. I'm talking about even before this. 
when you start looking at the guys that he got, he could have already been through with that if you going to only get the people. When, when I reviewed all the players, the incumbents that were there, you got to buy 10 or 15 people. You could scrub out the roster. I mean, it shouldn't even be on the roster. And if, and if you recruit that bad, why even recruit at all? If you recruit, if you get in that uh, lower tier of talent. Yeah, but they're not looking at it that way. They think they're recruiting great. I mean, what coach thinks that he's not recruiting great? When, when have you ever heard a coach say, man, I'm recruiting like dog shit? You know, never. <laughs> hey, now one more question, and this is a million-dollar question. Who do you think wanted to recruit Ryan Fine? Oh man, I think there's a whole story there that I'd rather not get into. That's, a, I mean, you okay. know, yeah, he, okay. I'm sure he's gonna, you know, I don't want to, you know, yeah, I mean, he, he just, he, it wasn't fair to him, and it wasn't fair to the program that he was recruited to Miami because he has about as much chance of playing in my, from what I've seen, as you, as you do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, not hold on, just a couple of two more quick questions. I was watching a Clemson game and I saw Ray Ray McLeod. And I was wondering, you know, if that kind of guy, because I know Sam Bruce is a dynamic player and all the rest of it, but a guy of that type, you know, with that type of athletic ability and that type of size to scheme for him because he had the size and the uh, movement to play running back, you know, for them to hand the ball out to him, and also the, the skill to run routes. Do you think an athlete of that caliber does need to be, because that's something that they really haven't been recruiting uh, in the year, in the in recent years, an athlete like that that poses that big of a threat on defense on defenses that we need on our offense. I know the offense is great, uh, but that kind of guy. Do you think that kind of guy would bring just that much more to our offense? Yeah, there's no doubt. Like like if you look at what they have right now, do they really have a number one receiver on this team right now? No, 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 right? Because uh, really, when when you look at Stacy, Stacy is a dynamic player that makes big plays. Well, on on those critical for third downs, you still looking at somebody else to convert. Yeah. I got one more I mean, question, and that's it. And I'm gonna be in for the uh, in for it. I remember last year when you were saying, as far as and I know we gotta really take another step up as far as our DBB, DBs. I remember last year you saying that we blew a gigantic opportunity to set our DBs for years to come, and that's the reason why this year we're having to recruit so hard as far as DBs because of the blown recruiting last year. Yeah. Is that I mean, the I'm looking why? at Carlton Davis was, was, was starting for Auburn this year, right? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. hearing great things out of Ohio State on um, Damon Arnett, a kid that Miami didn't even recruit. Mm. You know, I yeah, I mean, they, they, they should have gotten a few more of those kids without a doubt. Yeah, and you wouldn't, and you wouldn't be such in, and you wouldn't be such in a bind right now trying to get those DBs. And it's almost incumbent that you get uh, the guy, the Hartman guy out of Georgia. You just down to the wire where you're going to have to really get some guys. And the unfortunate thing is, for years we wanted wanted the red shirt guys who weren't able to play, but they're being forced to, into action because of failed recruiting classes before them, and they're not being properly developed. Uh, it's one thing that I did agree with what Coach uh, Golden said, that recruiting and, and developing a program is about the acquisition and the development of talent. It's hard to develop a guy when you got to throw him in the frying pan rather than, you know, just getting a chance 
to get his uh, feet wet and everything else. And that's all I have to say, Gary. I'll call in next week, but uh, I just want you to have a good night. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, I want to thank everybody for who called in tonight. Uh, we're going to call it a night for now. Um, keep an eye on the message boards and on Twitter. I'll put the word out on when the next show is going to be. I'm not really sure right now. It'll depend on some scheduling things that are going on. Um, but uh, great show. Everybody called in had had great questions tonight. We'll see what happens here as the team continues to prepare uh, for the Sun Bowl game. They've scaled back the practice schedule kind of kind of interesting we just got the practice schedule for the rest of the week and uh they're only going to practice for an hour and 15 minutes tomorrow then they're going to have a light walkthrough on thursday and then they're only going to practice for 30 minutes on friday and then they're taking saturday and sunday off and then monday is a travel day to el paso so uh maybe larry scott likes what he's seeing out on the practice field because they have significantly scaled back the bowl practices here over the next five days, uh, I guess six days really, and um, then they'll get after it again with a typical game week um, Tuesday and Wednesday in El Paso as they kind of prime up there for the December 26th Saturday game against Washington State. So thank you again for being part of the show tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, everybody.